All right, hello and welcome yet again to the third installment of Fuck You Friday. I'm very fortunate to have my co-host here, Randy. Randy, how are you? Hi there. Uh, yeah, I actually totally forgot it was Friday until you said that. So yeah, happy Fuck You Friday to everyone. H- happy quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm at least quarantine, time. everybody. Yeah, yeah I'll drink top. to that. Yeah, absolutely. Shit, cheers. We are drinking. Uh, what do you got, Randy? I have uh, Caskmates by Jameson. Oh, that's a good one. It's pretty good. That's a good one. I'm playing dirty. Uh, I'm drinking Southern Comfort. Disgusting. The finest. I was telling you before we uh, <laughs> before we got started that uh, the reason why I'm drinking this is when I went to Ireland uh, the second time. I've been to Ireland three times to visit my family. And uh, the second time I stayed with my cousins. The first time I went over with my parents because they wanted to see everybody. And, you know, my mother worked for the airline. So I was able to travel very easily. I went to Hawaii, went to Switzerland, and all this other shit. I got to see a lot of nice stuff. So I got to visit my family. Well, the second time that I went over, I went over with a friend of mine. And uh, they that's all my cousin drank. Now, mind you, my, my people come from Cork, which is known. The, the, name, the, the nickname of the county is the Rebel County. It's where... I mean, it's mo- I guess the most rebellious of the Irish come from, I Hell suppose, yeah. and I'm I'm very proud of that. Uh, but I guess this is part of their rebelliousness as they drink Southern fucking comfort. I mean, we're in the home of Jameson, Bushmills, and of course, there's a lot of other local distilleries. But yeah. those are the two. I think Tullamore Dew is another one. No, fucking Southern comfort while making dinner. Southern comfort at dinner. Southern comfort before the bar. Ugh. It was. Uh, so I'm drinking in their honor today. I'm drinking this fucking shit. <laughs> uh, in their honor, to uh, also honor uh, my quarantine, which I'm really, really uh, not not enjoying it a whole lot. What about you? What's going on with you? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. I've been reading some more. It's been a lot of sitting with my dog, kind of just staring out the window. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been ordering a lot of stuff off Amazon, so as long as that keeps coming in, I'm happy. They haven't shut that whole operation down How's your yet. turnaround on, on your ordering? Honestly, it's uh, still... It's pretty fucking sharp, Yeah, isn't if it? you have Prime, it's still two days free. It's fucking right on a. it. I yeah. thought for sure it would be at least delayed or oh, something. Yeah. Uh, I have noticed that uh, people that drop the stuff off, they don't hand it to you at the doorstep anymore. They, like, set it down on the ground and back away slowly. Like, oh, they wow. Yeah, they're no not shit. associating with anyone. They're social oh. distancing as much as they can. Wow. Which, I mean... I uh I guess I'm prepared to eat some of my words from a previous episode uh, where I said this probably wasn't going to be a huge deal. But, <laughs> I mean, this exploded much more rapidly and uh, got way more out of hand than I anticipated it would. Well, have. I think that my death count is probably going to be more accurate. I was like 2,000 and something. I don't have my notebook right now. Were we talking strictly in the U.S. or were we talking strictly worldwide? Strictly U.S. Okay, I couldn't strictly remember. Strictly U.S. Because Italy's having a hell of a time from what I've gathered. They're like... I hate the fact that we have to talk about it because I know that everybody's talking about it, yeah. but it's still like but it's impacting history. my like, fucking daily life. Like, yeah. there's no baseball, there's no hockey, there's not. Like, I don't even know what to watch. I've watched American Dad from start to finish now. <laughs> like, that's all I've done with myself. I've like, been watching It's TV. Always Sunny all the way through. Uh, that's again. a quality oh, show. Solid show. But I didn't get started until you and uh, a coworker of mine, uh, little Nikki, little Nicole. Yeah. She's the one who's like, you got to watch it. Oh, you, no, you got to yeah, watch it. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a that? go. Well, both of you told me to watch that in Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. So I got into it. I'm he like, you know what? into a pickle. What more do you <laughs> want? <laughs> but the nihilistic portion of, of, of Rick and Morty is something and I really, I, I really, I guess, got endeared to. Oh, yeah. You know, I really enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, like people, people hype it up a lot more now and it's like more mainstream and it's, it felt a lot cooler at the time when it first came out because it was like edgy. But I mean, yeah, there's a lot of... 
a lot of philosophy in there, buried in there. Oh, for sure. Real absurd stuff. No, it is. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful that you guys turned me on to it. But, yeah, there isn't a whole lot to watch. Like, we're down in the bunker now, the uh, the bunker recording studio. And I finally <laughs> got the fucker cleaned up. I got my nice Persian rug down on the floor. It really ties the room together. It re- Dude, does it not. <laughs> of course, uh, Asian-American, please. Yeah, not Chinaman. Yeah, we don't say Chinaman. No. <laughs> so, uh, what do you, you know, something that we uh, should talk about. Apart from the virus, we'll get back to that. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because it's it's, it's dominating our lives. Right yeah, now. we have no choice. Is uh, a uh, he was from what I understand. I was listening to the uh, the Fagcast, the Friends Against Government uh, podcast, and they were saying that he was a three percenter. I don't know exactly. I'm not familiar. I think isn't that like people that are in the military that swear that they will even fight the government. If it uh, bans the Constitution. Oh, man. You know what? I've got a computer right in front of me. I am going to look that up. Yeah, because I don't want to talk no out idea. of school here. And like about, <laughs> You know what I mean? we got to get this right. So 3% or one. Oh, man. I cannot type. You're a bit rusty, man. You're a bit ready to go back to school here. You know, you better start <laughs> yeah. sharpening up on that. We'll see. I mean, I have man. to type out reports all the time. Uh, let's see. An American far-right militia movement and paramilitary group the group's name derives from the disputed claim that only 3% of American colonists took up arms against the Kingdom of Britain during the American Revolution. Huh. Do you think that that's an accurate number, that only 3% of Americans fought? Uh, I mean, who's who's coming up with that estimate? Is it roles? Don't know. Is it people? Does that include militia? Does it include the militia? Because the militia was a big supplemental part of the Continental Army as you went from state to, or excuse me, from colony to colony at the time. I'm just curious how they would come up with that 3%. Not sure. Uh, I can't seem to find anything about it on here. I mean, I don't know, but I would hope it would have been more than 3%. But who knows? Um, but this says, so the 3% movement was founded in 2008. Uh, it was given impetus by the election of Barack Obama as president of the United States. Oh, okay. So uh, They're kind of like the Tea Partiers, but armed. Maybe. Okay. I'd have to do more reading about it. Um, Many members are former and current members of the military, police, and other law enforcement agencies. Yeah. As well as anti-government groups such as the Oath Keepers. I'm not familiar with the Oath Keepers either. Um, Oh, those guys seem to be okay, but the problem is you have to begin to trust law enforcement. And I don't say that pejoratively. You have to because the majority of them are law enforcement. I just don't. My problem, and again, I'm not trying to pick on them. I just don't understand how you can swear to uphold and defend the Constitution when you've been trained to subvert it, even at a fucking uh, traffic stop. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to be funny. Oh, either, yeah, no, you know? like, uh, and then it says, while the group's website states it is not a militia and not anti-government, three percenters believe that ordinary citizens must take a stand against perceived abuses by the U.S. federal government, which they characterize as overstepping its constitutional limits. All right, on paper, it doesn't sound bad. No, it doesn't. And I'm going to say it again. I'm going to channel Lysander Spooner, one of the greatest American anarchists. After all, this is an anarchist show. He said, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, the Constitution has either permitted the government we have now or has been powerless to stop it. Either way, it's unfit. So right. I like to approach people when they talk about it's a great idea. All ideas are great on paper. Capitalism is a good idea on paper. Communism is a good idea but on nothing paper. nothing works out the way you wanted it to on paper. No, never. No, never. But to say that it limits government, I mean, I can't I can't sit in a restaurant right now. No. What, what about my freedom to assembly? Yeah. You know? No more than 10 people. 
No more than ten people. Break out the Bibles, though. Like, you can, oh yeah, no, you make it a religious engagement. Listen, maybe we should fuck. I mean, let's I, start a religion. We'll, we'll become no. a church. We'll be tax exempt. I like this. Well, I mean, I like to join the Pastafarians. I like the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I mean, I who like doesn't spaghetti. Like spaghetti? Fucking yeah. a right. <laughs> And they have a beer volcano in heaven. Oh, shit. What? Oh, yeah. Their mythology is very, very enticing. They have strippers. I'll have to add it to the list. Please. So they have blackjack and hookers, too? Like, well, a... I mean, if there's a beer volcano in strippers, <laughs> it's, inevi- it's inevitability at that point. But, yeah, uh, he was a three percenter, and there's an article that I have pulled up here that I'm going to take a quick peek at. Yeah, go for it. Uh, it says here, now, this is from Reason Magazine. Never heard of it. Which is more of a libertarian publication. Maybe a right libertarian publication, which, I mean, that's fine. I'm not being critical. I'm just trying to get it into contextualize what we're okay. going to hear here. Uh, it says that uh, lawyers for the family of a young Maryland man killed during an early morning police raid last week said officers opened fire on him while he was sleeping. The Montgomery County Police Department said Friday that 21-year-old Duncan Socrates Lemp was shot after he, quote, confronted officers executing a search warrant on his family's house in Potomac, Maryland, for alleged firearm offenses. Lemp's family says the young man was asleep when he was in his bed when police opened fire from outside the house, killing him and wounding his pregnant girlfriend. Oh, she was pregnant, too? I did not know that. The fact, quote, the facts that I understand from the eyewitness are incredibly concerning. Renee Sandler, an attorney for Lemp's family, told the Associated Press, any attempt by the police to shift responsibility to unto Duncan or his family who were sleeping when the police fired shots into their homes is not into the home excuse me is not supported by the facts Lem's family said in the statement released by Sandler uh, the the uh, the Redcoats said in a press release that a tactical unit executed a high-risk search warrant related to firearms offenses at Lemp's house at 4:30 in the morning last Thursday detectives were following up on a complaint from the public that Lemp, though prohibited, was in possession of firearms. So he confronted the officers at 4.30 in the morning from his bedroom. What, did he give him the finger? Did he say, <laughs> fuck you? And you just decided to... This is a murder. Hey, I mean, comply or die. And That's uh, exactly what I'm it is. I'm he didn't comply because he was asleep. Uh, yeah, from what I've heard, so you did say the lawyer's name. That where, What was it again? Saunders? Okay, yeah, I think what I saw... Sandler, excuse me. What I saw was from her, and it basically stated that the warrant they were serving even stated that no one in the family had a criminal background, not even a misdemeanor, I'm pretty sure, from any of them. And I can't remember what the technicality was, but they red-flagged him because something that he did, without even breaking the law, I'm pretty sure, uh, bars him from being eligible to own a firearm in the eyes of the government. That is... Uh, I read that a few days ago. I I can't remember what article it was, but it did cite her as a source. And she said that multiple eyewitnesses could back up the claim that he didn't uh, meet them with resistance. So I'm assuming that means his family and his girlfriend who was wounded. Um, but like, does it say, did they shoot through windows? Were they, that hasn't been said because yet. I haven't seen anything no. anywhere about that. I haven't seen anything anywhere about body cam footage or if they even were using any um well here's the question when it's an investigation and remember the detectives for this police department went and investigated themselves and didn't find so far any wrongdoing wow we, we investigated ourselves and we found that we were okay it's crazy to kill i mean serve out. this search warrant uh did he have a dog no 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 okay. otherwise it would be dead 
Uh, that's also a <laughs> we reminder. Might be a little biased, but well, a little biased. But I think I'd like to also remind the few listeners that we have at this point that uh, the police do kill 25 dogs a day. That's and the th- low end of the curve. That's the low end of the curve, and those numbers, I believe, are from the Department of Justice. Yeah, it's a legitimate statistic from the Department of Justice. They're not trying to hide anything. Well, yeah, why would they? They're the king's men. They have no reason to hide anything. What are you going to do about it? They ah. can shoot you in your house at 4.30 in the fucking morning. <laughs> Apparently. And no. then I'll be I'll be at fault. Yeah, uh. it'll be your fault that you didn't comply by shooting yourself before they had to shoot you. No, I what I don't, uh, what I don't understand... And I'd like to ask my conservative friends this because a lot of conservatives are very cool with the gun stuff. They, you know, they're they're pro gun. They they think that it's great that you should you know ask for your right to own one and then pay for your right to carry one, even though you were inherently born with it uh, as a free human being. But with that being the case, we do share some common ground with them as far as love of, fi- of firearms, far more than anybody on the left does. Yeah, generally speaking. I mean, the revolutionary left—that's a different story. Um, even I think Karl Marx was quoted as being like the proletariat should never, uh, uh, be barred from the use of arms, which great. Carl and I agree on very few things. And I guess that would be one of them. Yeah. Um, that's fine. But unfortunately, I, I, well, not unfortunately, but let's say you're, you're a conservative guy. You're a law and order guy. Uh, you're a blue liner, you know, Hey, the police keep us safe. They maintain law and order. Also, I would like to remind our listeners that the vast majority of our laws written in this republic are written by pedophiles and people who get involved in sex trafficking and like to hurt children. Uh, if I mean, if we look at Jeffrey Epstein, the reason why he's dead is because if he started dropping names about who all of his clients were that went to that pedophile island, oh, yeah. there'd be a lot of people. Well, I mean, not that they'd be in trouble. I, see, that's the thing I don't understand. They have no reason to hide. The I mean, accountability portion yeah, of it. The hoi polloi aren't going to do anything about it. And that's like, it. that's probably one of the biggest things I've seen from people complaining about all the memes that get shared about it. It's like, all right, like we get it. Yeah, FC didn't kill himself. But it's like, what are you going to do about it? And some people are like, oh, well, we're raising awareness. But it's like, I, I kind of have to agree with them. They're like, yeah, awareness has been raised. Like everyone knows that you feel this way. A lot of people feel this way, but it's like, honestly, what are we going to do about it? And I don't know how to answer that question because it's like, I like, what can I myself do? It's kind of, I guess it, I don't want to equivocate it to what we do here, but it's a constant reminder. Like what pisses me off and we'll get back to Duncan here in a second. But when we mentioned this, the statistic that the cops kill an average of 25 dogs a day on the low end. Well, when I tell people that innocent African-American kids, young people, are disproportionately killed along with Latin Americans, nobody, like, that doesn't seem to bother. They'll start, you know, justifying it. Like, well, did they comply? What's the context behind what you're saying? You know, things like that. But as soon as you drop, hey, they kill 25 dogs a day, I got your attention. Yeah. And there was a podcast, I believe we talked, I don't know if we talked about it, I can't remember, um, and I'm drinking now, so I can't really remember. Usually my memory's not as foggy when Southern Comfort isn't involved. But I, it's something fucked up about people where in order to get their attention, they you have to talk about a dog. And that's my... That's well, that soft spot in their heart. Right. And that it's something that I exploit for good in the sense that I know you're not going to listen to me when I talk about the cops killing innocent people because... You as a you've been taught by fifteen thousand hours of public education to bend the knee. Yeah, you will do what the king says. But no, it's uh, what is that? Pathos, pathos. You got the emotional appeal. Is that what it is? I think I, I, I might be. Fuck, yeah, it's been so long. 
but you gotta you gotta break it out every yeah once but in a while. that's the door that I could like people select certain things like I used to try to talk to people about the Federal Reserve and how your money's fiat it's not worth anything the Federal Reserve is about as federal as Federal Express you have no control over your monetary policy it's controlled by now. a private central bank Oh yeah, pumping just fucking quant, <laughs> just ease that just burr <laughs> money machine go burr, yeah. you know. But it's I, people don't grasp onto that because you know what? It's money. It's whatever. You know, they're it runs our lives, right? But when I found far better, more open reactions to people saying, "Hey, listen, you know they fucking kill twenty five dogs a day across the fruited plain." That outrage. That, that yeah, they get pissed. They're like, "Well, wait a minute." Okay, great. Because they look at you like you're making it up. Yeah. They're like, there's no way. And it's like, right. I'll pull it up right now. Right now. Department and the, of Justice. Yeah, the King's Men it's keep right their own there. statistics, and they're not shying away from and it. And it's like, I wonder how much of that is actually, like, what if it's just, like, Vietnam, and it's like, well, the opposite of that. It's like, because the search and destroy missions, the kill counts, yeah. they're bu- beefing those numbers up. What if they're dropping those numbers down to try and make it look like they're not that That's bad? That's a great point. But, like, I mean, That's an excellent I'm point. not trying, like, I obviously, this is just based on... Like me thinking, it's not. I don't have anything to back that up, but it's like it's a dangerous thing to do. In this who's setting. to say that's not what's happening? Uh, I think there's a lot to be said about. But you that. can say that about any. Yeah, like there's no. I don't have anything to back that up, so it's just a thought. No, that's fair. I, I think that that's very fair to bring it up, and you know who knows? We uh, we could be getting uh numbers that are highly doctored because the problem is, is once Michael Malice said like you know once you get caught telling a lie once you're I mean I'm paraphrasing him. Your credibility is destroyed. It doesn't matter if you told out of a hundred statements, you told ninety nine that were that were true, mm-hmm. that were factual. But once you tell one lie, you are discredited. Every time you say something, it might be true, but it's going to be scrutinized. Yeah, this is the same case because you know we. I think there's people that like like myself or others who are, get lumped into conspiracy theory. Well, you know, you think the government's always doing something. I was like, well, because we've caught them doing shit. And it's not even like it was just one time. Right. <laughs> now, I, this Duncan Lemp, I, there will be merchandise coming forward not it, it, related to this because, and you heard it here first, uh, Randy saw the, the prototype. Maryland is for communists, okay? And uh, the Use Guys podcast will have a T-shirt that says that I've already went to uh, a specific site and I've already uh, come up with a template, and we're going to send it out. Uh, it's going to be a very nice T-shirt. But yeah, Maryland has some seriously draconian communist rules about firearms. So, what constitutes an illegal rifle? What constitutes? Are they a ten mag and under, or a ten round and under mag state? Excuse me. Uh, do they have to uh, do like New York with the Safe Act? We have to modify the fucking uh, the pistol grip, you know, where it looks ridiculous. It looks like a fucking alien gun. Like it's integrated into the stock. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure, but I do know this. So my wife and I were looking at going to the Smithsonian because I do want to go there because they have all the, the air and space there. Yeah. They have some really cool stuff that, I mean, it's still neat to see it. Shit, I was in New York and I didn't even go there. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Is, you it, were... is the Smithsonian in New York? No, I, no, that's in Washington. Oh, fuck. What am I thinking? Oh, I didn't, Na- never well, mind. I didn't go to the Met. I'm there, an idiot. Yeah, the Met. Uh. <laughs> the Met and uh, what sorry, is it? The, uh, I forget. Um, There's a bunch of museums in New York. I can't accept. Natural yeah, history. Didn't go to one. any of them. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you I were doing. I drank beer and ate pizza. <laughs> you were doing other but... things. But, yeah. Uh, I uh, I wanted to go there. And my uh, my wife is like, well, you know, let's figure out the fastest way to get there. And I'm like, Hold, pump the brakes a little uh, bit here. I know where this is going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you get there? Because even Virginia, who is now gone communist, 
you could still carry a firearm that's recognized uh, under reciprocity with other states. But not every state's like that. There isn't even a safe passage through Maryland. And on the gun forums, there are gun owners who will tell you the state police will look for out-of-state plates, specifically PAs, and pull you over so they can get you on a firearm charge while you're, you could just be crossing over because, you know, there's very thin parts of Maryland where you just jump from PA to Maryland to Virginia, you know, yeah. like real quick. And you get targeted by the state police because, and, and you're going to jail. Like you, there's no talking your way out of it. There's no safe passage, none of that stuff. Yeah, that's, uh, I'd be pretty worried. <laughs> like, well, yeah, because it takes a seven-hour trip and turns it into a ten-hour one because you got to go through West Virginia where there are no rules, my kind of people. All right, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, but, that or it's leave it at home. And it's like, I don't want to And that's do not that. an option yeah, because no. I don't want to be the guy who's sleeping at the fucking motel and the door opens and all I have is a pocket knife. And people are like, well, what do you think the odds are that's going to happen? But it's like, I mean, every time I've said, what are the odds, terrible shit has happened to me. But It's I, a poor <laughs> choice to be I don't unarmed. like playing the odds. Well, no, I'm not going to be that guy, too, because my open-handed skills are not as good as my skills with, uh, with a firearm. So, yeah. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. So, yeah, we had to figure out an alternative route against, uh, or excuse me, around the uh, People's Republic of Maryland uh, in order <laughs> to go to the museums that we wanted to see. So, I'm not sure... Uh, what the story is with um with them and what their firearms laws are. All I know is that that kid was murdered, and uh, you know I salute his memory. I, I'm really sorry that it had to happen that way, and it shouldn't have happened that way. It shouldn't have happened at all. Yeah. All gun laws are an infringement. I don't care who you are or where you're from. It doesn't matter. And we're like, oh, you mean machine guns? Yes. And my favorite one. I don't know if you've come across this when uh, Parkland happened. Now, mind you, I am not minimizing the deaths of people's children, but I think it's important if you, if, if the blue liners want to talk about context, yeah. let's contextualize these school shootings. Are these private schools? No, they're public schools. Who owns the public school? Technically the taxpayer does, but they're operated by whom? The government. Right. Look, it could be city government, could be county government, could be any, it's government. So the government failed to protect children, but I'm the one who should disarm because the government failed to keep children safe who don't have a choice in going to – yeah, sure. Well, you could send them to private school. Yeah, for you, a lot more money. You, you, you and I both know working class people don't have that kind of money, okay? No. That's not going to happen. There's That's no not way. an option. It never was an option. So what's the well, other technically choice? Technically, on paper, it's an option. It's there. Sure. Every, but, like we said, everything on paper yeah, looks no, fabulous. Yeah, harping back to that. But, uh, yeah, I always want, and you know, I saw a meme that's, uh, you know, how many kids have to die before you will uh, before you will uh, consider or, you know, you, you will acquiesce to, uh, you know, sensible gun laws. Every and single one. I said all of them. Yeah, exactly. I'm, and that's, I, it's not me saying I don't like kids. No. But. I'm a parent. Freedom versus safety. I've, yeah, and you know what? It's your. It's if you're going to make a compulsory for children to go to your government school in order to get that progressive fifteen thousand fifteen thousand hours of education. Locked doors don't do much against seven six two. Glass locked uh, doors. Yeah, shit. Like the the high school I went to was. I don't know how it even got passed to be built in Ohio because the vast majority of it was glass, and I mean heating that alone. I feel like would be Is that horrible. the one we saw this past autumn? You're talking about that Yeah, the one football you... game? Oh, fuck yeah. me. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so much... Gla- like, that should be a school in, like, California somewhere. Like, 
where the weather's a lot nicer. But I mean, that's just from a price <laughs> price standpoint. But yeah, you can see through half of that school, oh, like just yeah. from the outside. So it ain't gonna take much. No, and it's like I granted when they were designing it, they probably weren't thinking of the potential for someone to go through and start shooting a bunch of children. But yeah, but we're told that's a reality that we live with now. You well, know yeah, I mean? especially now. What year? What year did you graduate? 2014. So this was a real thing. This was post Sandy Hook. It was. Uh, I think Sandy Hook happened my junior. Year. What year was that? Was 2012. It okay, so shit. What month was it? December. Okay, so yeah, that would have been my junior year of high school. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, I remember we were. I think I was in like. I can't remember which specific class, but it was like the AV kind of stuff, like film. Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me and, about uh, that. Yeah, we were just sitting in class, and then my teacher turned on the TV, and he was like, "Hey, look, look what's happening!" And I was like, "Oh Fuck. shit!" And yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It definitely the school shootings weren't happening as often while I was still in school. They def. It seems like, or at least media coverage of it got ramped up a lot more. Oh yeah. After I graduated, but yeah, I mean. For a couple of years after I graduated, I can't even imagine what it would be like for someone to just go to school and be like, all right, is it going to be me? Like, what? Like, that had to be what some of them were thinking as much as it seemed to be happening. And, of course, that's terrible, and I'm not advocating for that. Oh, no, certainly not. It's just I I don't understand how disarming me is going to keep your kids safe because 99.9% of human beings don't like to hurt children. They don't even like to kill people who rob their house. They would rather not have any interaction with someone who's trying to do harm. In fact, they want to keep people from doing harm. But my point is that if this was such an issue, why didn't they fucking, uh, like, we, my kids' school, and I, I'm not, I don't praise public education very often, and I don't make a lot of money, so I can't send my kid to private school. But they have, um, they have a, I'm not a big fan of the school resource officer, but it's something because a person, yeah, we had one of those. A person with, with a firearm is a massive deterrent to someone with also, who also has a firearm who knows that they're going to encounter some sort of equal resistance. So, you know, I, I, it, all things considered, it, it, it is a tragedy when kids die. I hate, I hate it when any, you know, it's just, it's so senseless and I don't know what possesses people to hurt people. But I mean, didn't Parkland have a school resources officer, though, that was armed? And they were found not responsible to actually do anything in that yeah, case. The court said the police do not, like this was a New York times article. This yeah. isn't fucking zero hedge. Yeah. This was a New York times, the failing New York times, as Mr. Trump calls them, <laughs> <laughs> the failing New York times uh, said that uh, they reported on the story that a judge says that they had no obligation to protect students. But I mean, why else are you there? Why do you get paid? Revenue. I mean, I'm sure they don't get paid enough probably to stand and take a bullet, but I mean, that is their job is to You kind of signed for up for children. that, right? Uh So yeah, I was a little blown away when I saw that. But <laughs> Yeah, what a country. So, we're going to get back to the coronavirus. You're going to love this oh, one. Oh man. You're going to love this one. Are you drinking over there? Yeah, I was going to Oh, did we bring the bottle of Jameson down here? I've been looking around. I see Soco and it's like but I don't know where the bottle of Jameson went. You didn't bring the bottle of Jameson down I here? I must not have grabbed it. I'll, I'll be right back. I'll yeah, take a, you go right a ahead. little intermission. <laughs> so to continue the article real quick while Randy is out and about finding his alcohol, uh, we uh, finished up with the Montgomery County Police and their press statement. Uh, they also said that Lemp confronted the officers. The statement did not elaborate on the circumstances. Police said they recovered three rifles and two handguns from the house. A friend 
of Lemp told ABC News that Lemp was a libertarian. Lemp's social media account showed an interest in cryptocurrency and guns. So I guess showing an interest in Bitcoin and firearms is enough to get killed by the uh, state police and the king's men. ABC News also reported that Lemp posted on militia forums, although Lemp's attorney denied that he was a militia member. Last time I checked, being in a militia is not illegal, uh, nor should it be. It should um, be well-regulated, actually. You know, yeah, and what do we mean by well-regulated? What, uh, what was the actual translation of that? It means in good order, correct? Well regulated. Order and discipline. Thank you. Not uh, regulated. What kind of musket do you have there, Thomas? <laughs> a one that fires multiple shots. <laughs> it's semi-automatic. It's yeah. It's because, full, uh, fully semi-automatic. Because <laughs> I didn't pay to get a tax stamp. Whoops. We got to get a 3D printer. <laughs> and, um, and not for that purpose, by the way. I'm just looking at making Legos for my kid. Oh, I love Legos. I grew up on this. Thing. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, I have a. That's Sop with camel here. That's uh, Lego. Yeah. That's pretty rad. No, that's like my parents used to think I was going to be an engineer when I grew up because I love playing with Legos. So Dude, much, that but... was every fucking parent on the on the planet. <laughs> but I, was I wasn't like... smart enough for that. I just like no, <laughs> no, neither you nor I. No, I work on a loading dock. Thank you very little. Thanks, mom and dad, for the confidence. Your son's a fucking failure. I'm talking about me, of course. <laughs> no, I um, I joke around the same way because <laughs> I mean I almost died when I was like right after I was born. And then my parents told me my whole life, they're like, oh, it's like a miracle you're even here. And now I'm just like, I mean, shit, aren't you glad I made it? Look at me now. I'm a, a giant failure. I'm in debt. <laughs> I don't know what I want to do with my life. Oh, it's great. And they just, they're just like, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, I'm having a great time. Like, Yeah, why not? Yeah, fuck it. Mazel I mean, tough. we're all, <laughs> we're here. It's a short trip. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about it. It feels real long now just because I've been sitting at home for how many days? Christ almighty. Watching it's... paint dry. But you know what? If I'm saving the world by doing nothing, so be it. I like it. I guess so. Here's the thing, and uh, we're going to get into the... You're going to love this coronavirus article I'm going to pull up for you. It's oh, fucking man. mint. Me it's specifically beautiful. or like the listeners? Uh, the li- Everybody. Anybody okay. and everybody that hears this is really going to enjoy this, especially if you like ridiculous conspiracy theories, and this one is up there. Oh, man. It is It is at least a bronze medalist. Really? At least. Okay. I'm not even downplaying it. All right. But here, here's a question, and once again, I'm citing the uh, the FAGCast, the Friends Against Government uh, <laughs> podcast, not the pejorative towards gay people. Oh, it gets me every time. We're a gay-friendly show. We love gay people. Oh, yeah. Uh, what When we're talking about, or was it Pete Raymond? It was talking about if you, yeah, it was Tom Woods and Pete Raymond were talking about if you have a virus that could potentially kill somebody, and... You go out there and you infect somebody and, the, you know, like I said, the reality is you could potentially kill them. Is this a violation of the non-aggression principle? And, of course, I have to say yes, because being responsible is if you know, like my father's an octogenarian, my mother's a septuagenarian, they're more susceptible than anybody else from the data that we're getting, at least the mainstream data that we're getting, right? That's why Italy's getting hit so hard is because they have a higher median age than anyone else. So, is it a violation of non-aggression principle to knowingly go out there? It's kind of, is is it the equivalent of saying I know I'm HIV positive? I was gonna yeah, that was the comparison I right. was gonna make is like if you know that you have HIV or you have herpes or something like that, and you go around having unprotected sex with people without telling them in advance, like hey, I've got this going on, you should be held accountable for that. That is, if you know, you, like I mean. It's a clear violation of the non-aggression principle. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I don't know. Uh, 
I mean, I guess, yeah, they'd be able to prove that, you know, if like a doctor read you test results, that if they went to that person been, had been like, hey, this person knew what was going on, right? And they're like, oh, 100%. Then it's like, you're done. Well, here's, but, here's the thing, Randy. I want to talk. So we have this stupid thing in this country, and this isn't a religious thing. I'm not making fun of uh, Protestant people, but there's something called the Protestant work ethic. Okay. Where now the company that I worked for for a decade was a Fortune 500 company with a $56 million inventory. Oh, wow. And we had five sick days for 365 days of the year. Okay. All right. It took me five. It took me five years to get to my third week of vacation, but you still had the same amount, and none of that sick time rolled over. I was going to say, does any of this stack up and roll over? No. Okay. You have to spend it, and you can never take any time off the last two weeks of the year Ugh. to fulfill orders. Okay. So, so from when we were kids. I remember kids coming, like, I remember my parents sent me to school sick. Uh, teachers would be at school sick. The, uh, administrators, a lot of people, like, and even as an adult, people were so terrified of being reprimanded or being fired, losing their job, that they would come to work with fevers. Yeah, or it's like a pride thing for them almost. Maybe it's a pride thing. I, will, I, I feel like it's kind of both, but it's more probably I don't want to lose my job, like... But it's a condition, like it's like it's some sort of badge of fucking honor. I came to work when I didn't feel good. Oh, I'm so dedicated. But it's not like no, you're probably you're an idiot. just fucking everybody else. Exactly. Over. <laughs> like people with kids. Oh yeah. So, you know, and I'm fortunate now that I work for uh, uh, an individual who sat us down when this all kicked off, and he and he told us, uh, "Listen, you got sick kids at home. You better not come in here. You have sick parents. You better not come in here." First of all, because you have to take care of your family, yeah. which is paramount. Secondly, you're putting at risk everybody else because if they have it, chances are you've been exposed. Oh, yeah. Especially if you have children because that's, I mean, who's the caretaker in that case? The parent is, yeah. right? So the question is, For once most again, of most of us, responsible people. <laughs> so the question is, is it really a violation of the non-aggression principle if you knowingly have been exposed to the virus? And I'm I'm talking like... You handled food or you sat in close proximity to somebody who you know has tested positive for this virus. Have you violated the non-aggression principle by not self-quarantine? I mean, yeah. And then that's the thing right now that's so dicey is there are people that are just kind of being assholes about it. And it's like, I mean, there have been, let's see how many stories have I heard. There was that one guy in Kentucky that uh, AMA, against medical advice, left the hospital after he tested positive, and he was just like, fuck it, I'm not going to stay here, I'm going to go home, I'm going to do my own shit, and then they had the police, like, outside of his house, like, making sure he wasn't going to leave, and it's like, I, I do understand their line of thinking, it's like, they don't want this guy getting out, possibly infecting other people, spreading something that otherwise shouldn't mm -hmm. have been spread, like, if he would sure. just listened to medical professionals and done sure. what they had said, but at the same time, then you come into the state enforcing this kind of stuff, and it's a big gray area because it's like I don't like either. I don't like either side of it. I don't want the You're state telling me what to do, but I also don't want assholes spreading disease. So it's like where well, you got to pick one. It seems you do like. have to pick one, but and, and that's the problem. Though. I wish there were a third option, and I feel like is it like when? I mean, I've never been a parent, but. It seems like parents, whenever their kid doesn't want to do something, they always give them two options, and it's like you have to choose one of these. Both of them I know you don't want to do, but you only have these two choices. When really it's like there's a million different choices, but it's like you narrow it down for two or two-two for them. Sure. And it's like they, they're they like, shit, I have to pick one of these. And it's like, are we like we have to pick one, or is there something we're not seeing right now that we just haven't thought of? 
That's a great question. And you know what the best part about this is? I think that people need to know when they don't know or don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. I don't have answers a lot you of the know, time, and it really upsets people. But a lot of people want you to make a decision and say, like, first of all, is this one of the few times that I applaud the activity of a law enforcement official? Absolutely. Because you are... I am still not sold on the danger of this thing. I just worry about my parents getting sick and all older folks getting sick. I don't want to see them. I don't want to see anybody go out. I know it's going to happen eventually. Nobody gets out of this thing alive. But if you can save somebody, why wouldn't you be responsible? And that's why yeah. I hate the fact that the state had to get involved because there I were, have to credit them. There were things that could have been done prior to it. It's not like their first response was, oh, we're just going to have the cops quarantine you. They were like, no, they right. had doctors in there. They were like, do not leave. Stay here. And it's like the guy was of sound mind so it's like i guess they can't force you to stay but at the same time it's like think about what you're doing and it's yeah i mean like i said i'm prepared to eat eat my words from the last episode i was in because i was like oh yeah this shit will blow over in like a few days it's not gonna be that bad but i mean it is it is uh, apparently very bad i mean italy's bringing out dead bodies in truck truckloads because they don't have places to put them i guess right now um China, I actually think China had their first day today or yesterday where there weren't any new confirmed cases. So, yeah, I heard I that mean, as well. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, it is. The rest of the world isn't there yet, and I no. can't remember how long they were reporting cases in China before it started to spread. So I'm sure we're still in it for a while here. Oh, I think but, so as well. Yeah, immune-suppressed people, the elderly, and uh, even the extremely young. And now I'm. Uh, I saw an article that states that more and more numbers are popping up from people that are kind of like in between being like pediatric or geriatric. It's like there's, it's starting to become more common in uh, just like young adults, adults. Uh, I don't know if it's as common, but it's like, it's starting to make the jump, I guess. I don't know how the symptoms are affecting people. I don't know how debilitating it is, but uh, there's so much confusion about all this. And I, like, no doubt. Uh, my biggest problem with it is, I mean, I work in healthcare, and it seems like I still, I mean, I know it's early, but there's no like general consensus that I've found from anyone. Cause it's like some doctors, uh, that I've talked to, they're like, Oh, this is bullshit. Like I'm not going to isolate all these patients and other people are getting upset with them. And then there's other ones that are like, Oh no, like, uh, I've, it's the end of the world. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see. Like I, before I came over here, I was like, Hey, like I may have been exposed at work. Is it cool if I still come over? And you're like, yeah. So it's like, there's the whole non-aggression thing there, but, ah, oh, shit. Where was I going? Um, oh, there was uh, let's see. So I was working with a patient that it was, they were unresponsive and weren't able to speak to us at all, but we knew they had a history of traveling in at least a few other States that had confirmed cases and then they became symptomatic when they came back home. And I mean, the symptoms, it, they're real. Yeah. Like the whole cough, fever, uh, respiratory, uh, distress yeah. kind of stuff. It's like you get the same stuff with the flu, but I guess from what I've heard, uh, from multiple sources is the flu is kind of more severe, uh, respiratory distress, uh, higher grade fever, more bodily aches the and flu pains is. kind of stuff. Yes. The flu but coronavirus, everything that they've confirmed, as far as I've been told, because I don't even know uh, actually if I have worked any patients that have had it. It's just been they've been suspected. So we have to treat it like they are. We have to go the full nine yards. Um, so they've said it's kind of like 
everything's not as exacerbated as it is with like flu patients, but it's like sort of the same symptoms. And then they have to test for it. And I don't know how available these tests are. Uh, but the one that we had, they were flu A positive. And then someone told me that if you test positive for flu A, it's impossible for you to have coronavirus. And I was like, I mean, I've never heard anybody say that before. I'm definitely going to double check that because it's like, I'm still going to isolate myself from this person. I'm going to take, I'm going to wear all the proper PPE. Um, and then no one's been able to give me a straight answer about it. So I don't know where this person heard that. I don't know how many other people they've told that. I don't even know if it's factual, but it's like stuff like this is going around and it could all just be misinformation. It's literally just like high school rumors just spreading all over the place. And that's why it's so hard for me to decide for myself how serious to take it. So it's like, yeah, yeah. if I don't need to go out and be with other people, I'll avoid it because I mean, I got off that shift and I was like, all right, I was potentially exposed. I don't know yet. Uh, Nobody's called back to me and told me if I have been, because that's the thing that they have to do. Uh, It started back in the nineties. I want to say it's like, uh, it was more for like HIV and hepatitis, but if you were possibly exposed to that and someone further down the chain of care found out that the person tested positive for any of that, they had to notify everybody previously that had contacted that patient oh, and say, hey, you have potentially been exposed to X, Y, and Z. Go get yourself tested. Go seek care as necessary. So, I mean, if sooner or later somebody does find out that person tested positive for it, I will find out about it. Oh, yeah. So, sooner or later, I'll know. Well, but in the meantime, it's like, what do I do? You're kind of in limbo. Yeah. So, I mean, I have grandparents that are immunocompromised or they're just old, for lack of a better word. And I have friends that are immunocompromised and have uh, certain diseases that debilitate them and their immune system's response to stuff. So I'm like, all right, like, I don't know. I don't know how seriously to take this, but I'm going to bend on the more, I'm going to lean more to the serious side just because I don't want to hurt those other people. Once again. And I'm sorry if I came off callous beforehand and said like, oh, this is all a bunch of bullshit. I don't think it's going to be that bad, but it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want that blood on my hands, I guess, so to speak, if it does turn out to be worse than we anticipated. You know, I don't think that there needs to be an apology issued simply because we, we, we are finding out as quickly as we get information which is at a trickle and there is a lot of hearsay there is a lot of rumor mongering um i mean hell i was waiting for somebody to say that the dead are coming back to life and you (laughs) know the corpse is reanimated yeah and that which case my kid and i are just going to go to the roof of the house and we'll have it cleared out in an afternoon (laughs) i mean i only need 22s it depends now if they're the 22 days later or 28 days days later, later If they, those zombies are pretty tough, they're they're fast moving. You're gonna waste a lot of ammo trying to get a beat on them. But if they're George Romero zombies that you know kind of shamble, I mean, we'll clear this motherfucker out. I mean, a couple of Molotovs, we'll fucking burn them <laughs> up real nice. Here's the other thing too. While I'm talking about zombies, how come there hasn't been any real zombie movie made when in cold weather? Like there is ne- like I know there was I feel dead like they snow. Wouldn't be able to move as well. Well, yeah, because first of all, you're f- it's it's physiological rigor mortis, right? That's what you're gonna first start to deal with, right? And then it's the constant decomposition. But your muscles are gonna well, freeze because there's no warm blood going to them. I right? feel like the cold would slow down decomposition, though. But yes, it would also make everything more rigid. And then, I mean, you bring up rigor mortis, but rigor mortis, it's oh man, I have to. I used to know all this stuff from school, but there's an onset for it. And then, yeah, you can't move any part of them without basically breaking it. And then it it, it has something to do with, uh, I think it's calcium in your blood because that helps you uh, 
untense your muscles. I can't remember. I'm doing a horrible job. And anybody in the medical profession is probably like, this guy's a fucking idiot, doesn't know shit. But, and then, <laughs> so, but after over time, they'll loosen up again. Okay. And I can't remember what that timetable is. But, so it's not like they're going to be in rigor mortis forever. Um, it's just hard to pull but off. But, I mean, we're talking about zombies anyway, so this is all theoretical. Uh, <laughs> For now. But, yeah, I feel like the reason, I mean, yeah, there was dead snow. But there is a proportionally larger amount of movies that don't involve cold weather, I would say. Right, exactly. I feel like it'd just be harder for them to get around. And even if it wasn't the cold itself, it's like, what? so what if there's like a couple feet of snow on the ground? It's like, we're going to have enough trouble getting around without snowshoes. And it's like, I don't know, zombies that are going out putting snowshoes on to get around. So they're oh, going to be like no. waist deep in that shit. So yeah, I mean, not to mention, I mean, are, are wolves and coyotes gonna eat them? Because I mean, that's a pretty easy meal sitting there. I mean, but if they get sick from eating uh, decomposing flesh, it's not true because they eat carrion as it yeah, is. So what, also with that kind of thing, thinking about like the food chain and other organisms in the whole uh, grand scheme, it's like even with all the other films and shows that have been going on. So like, say The Walking Dead, even because it's like originally, uh, it's been a while since I've watched it, but it's like you had to get bit. And then eventually they were like, oh, everyone carries it. So the second you die, you can get reanimated, whatever. Right. I but, remember that. So, like, what are they doing about mosquitoes? Like, you, you think a mosquito isn't biting a zombie and then flying around landing on somebody that's alive and biting them? Like, is that yeah. enough to transfer it? If that's you can get scratched point. by one, then what? That's a great like, point. So, But wait a second. Don't you remember that HIV isn't transmitted by mosquitoes because of the process of extracting blood from the, from the host? Oh, really? Yeah, no, it's not transferable. Because I know with needle sticks, it's only like a 0.5%. Like, say you started an IV or did a blood draw on someone that had HIV, and then somehow you accidentally pricked yourself with that needle, and it entered your bloodstream. Yeah, there's only like a 0.5% chance uh, as far as when the book I read for class was copywritten. 0.5% chance that you would get HIV. But, I mean, there's still a chance. So it's like... And knowing our luck, you're, you're fucking, you're fucking <laughs> I have the worst it. luck, yeah. I'm fucked. Um, that's, that's like, one of the things that terrifies me is needle sticks. But, um, oh, for sure. But it's, like, and it's, like, every single person I know in healthcare is like, oh, it'll happen at some point. And I was like, that sounds well, fucking terrifying. Yeah, thanks, and they're like, guys. Yeah, but it's going to happen. Like, if you do it long enough, it's it's like a Murphy's Law kind of thing. Like, I can understand Sooner or later, being said, if though. you do this enough times, like, so, like, it might be you do everything totally in your power to prevent something from happening. But there's external forces all the time. Yeah, it could be a bump. It could be, like, I always worried, too, like, you know. I, you know, when somebody is like, I, I got my allergy shot, the Kenalog shot last year because yeah. I have really bad seasonal allergies. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that to kick in. I know. It's about that time. Because then everybody's going to think you're fucking sick with it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. So we're going to get back to that here All in a second. All the judgment. Because there's, there's, there's a really good article, like this a bronze medalist. Shit, yeah. We, talk, we haven't even made it to the article yet. No, it's going to be a good one. Uh, but yeah, I was worried. Like, what if this the, the nurse like who's administering this? Because ma- it's a massive. Fuck, I took a picture of it. It's a massive needle that goes in your ass. So it's uh, intramuscular. They just stick it in your ass and pump it. Yeah, because okay. like you, kind of, you kind of lean forward and then you, you take your weight off that leg. Yes, you yeah. flat, you unflex your foot and leave it dangle. Oh yeah, I've had my fair of penicillin shots in the ass. Boom, right into the cheek and man alive, does that fuck? I mean, it it it, it doesn't hurt initially, but it's sore. Oh yeah. You know, and you like, have to like sit and like kind of roll on it, spread it out some. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. You're like you wish you had a donut to sit on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I believe so, it. Um, so speaking of uh, you know, the medical field, this is a great one. Buckle up, everybody. So this is from the Times of Israel. 
Uh, the coronavirus. Coron- I've been drinking. <laughs> the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic has upended the world. China instituted a lockdown on tens of millions of its people. Israel set drastic restrictions on workplace and public gatherings. And the United States on Friday declared a national emergency, all in an attempt to contain the spread of the novel virus. That was only last Friday? Uh, this was from March 14th. Yeah, this it's article. A, it's been a week. It feels like a year. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't think this would happen at all, let alone no. this fast. No, not so at all. I'm interested to see where it goes. But <laughs> so, continue, sorry. That's okay. Uh, as the infectious disease with no vaccine or specific cure has spread across the globe, new conspiracy theories have been brewing on the fringes of society. Love it. The Jews are behind it. Oh, don't love that one. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. This is good. This is <laughs> this is because I, I, I enjoy reading the most ridiculous statements made by Nazis because they've been (laughs) fully discredited as it were. And it's like a, like they're tripling down. Like these people don't try to whitewash. That's my favorite thing about Nazis. And I don't have anything I like about them, but the fact, you know how a communist will tell you when you cite real examples like North Korea, the Soviet union, it's not real communist. That's not real communist. We didn't get it right. But the Nazis will tell you, no, 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 Hitler got it right. And when we get it back, we're going to fucking do it again. At least they stick to their guns. They They've got moral convictions. You they know? do. They're the <laughs> mo- they're, they're awful convictions. They're just as bad as their red counterparts. But, that, but that you know said, where they're at and you know what they're doing. Yeah, they don't move the goalposts. They keep them right where they are. So yeah. this is good. According to Alex Friedfeld, a researcher with the Anti-Defamation League Center on Extremism, extremists began promulgating the notion in January that the coronavirus was created by a cabal of Jews around the same time the virus was first being detected. Quote, I do think I've read this. <laughs> now that, yeah, it sounds well, familiar. Our listeners, the very few that there are, and thank you, and proud we are of all of you for listening. We love all of you. Yes, please. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, use Guys Pod. Uh, quote, the most popular conspiracy theory is that the Jews are using the virus as a means for profit. Feldman told the Times of Israel, they are saying the Jews manufactured are going to take advantage of the market collapse through insider trading. Uh, I would like to go ahead and mention that uh, it's not Jews that are doing this. It's your congressmen that you elected, congressmen and congresswomen and senators that are doing this. And none of them are Jewish. Anyway. Such anyway, <laughs> such ideas have been percolating not only in extremist platforms like Telegram and Gab, he said, but through posts on mainstream platforms like Facebook, the Gram, and Twitter, where memes and statements have been posted regularly. What's interesting to me was that I started to see the same conspiracy theories and anti-Semitic ones in particular pop up on social media, he said. In some cases, these theories have also appeared on state-sponsored television networks, like in Turkey. One guest on a Turkish television <laughs> on, te- on Turkish television, excuse me, said, "Quote: Jews, Zionists have organized and engineered the novel coronavirus as a biological weapon, just like the bird flu, to design the world, seize countries, and neuter the world's population. Beyond the spreading, beyond spreading the falsity that, uh, that the coronavirus is a Jewish invention, some have referred to it as a bioweapon, which I believe is more accurate." Some white nationalists, whatever the fuck that means, just call them Nazis. Times of Israel. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ, just just call them Nazis. They're not, they're, there's there's very little. There's a lot of difference between the two of them. What we're one, splitting hairs over Nazis. Yeah, they one of them wants you to heads. move they out. They don't even have hair. No, <laughs> this is true. Pubes, maybe. Um, they're saying it could destroy society completely, and on the ashes of it, they could build their white ethnostate, 
which is what they want, said Friedfeld. This may be the virus that will break society, and See, they hope that they have will have a chance to build upon the remains. I The thing, I know I went back on what I said about how seriously I take all of this, but the virus still is not what scares me. It is people's reaction to it, and people motivated by fear and what they might do. Because, I mean, this definitely, I would say this definitely isn't the worst pandemic that the human race has had to not even close go up against not even close but the measures that we are like i understand that like uh let's see it is good i'd rather play it on the safe side so that way we can look back in how many years and be like hey like it was kind of funny that we had to do all of that in order to prevent the world from falling apart if that is how it works out right which we still don't know no, we don't. Instead of just just downplay the whole thing and then have a bunch of people get sick and then have it end that way, I'd much rather be on the safe side. It's like, I mean, everybody's like, it's kind of like when people are like, well, it's like, why do you want so many guns? Why do you, why are you buying so many bullets? And it's like, hey, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. It's like I Every day. would like to prepare for the worst, but you know, hope for the best. And like, I understand that that's how a lot of people are also thinking. And that's why they're kind of thankful for some of the measurements that the government is taking. But there are also people that are like, and I've, I've seen it's people I went to high school with. They're talking, they're on the internet. Like, please just lock us up. Just full quarantine. People aren't listening. We can't trust people to take care of this on their own. Right. Just lock us all up. And it's like, see, that's where (laughs) that's, I wish I could have found that quote. Cause I swear it was like, I can't even remember who it would have been, but it's like, if you do X, Y, and Z to a person, they'll come back to you begging for their chains or something like that. They'll beg for you to be in charge. So that way they won't have to make choices on their own or something. There's another one that goes like the, the, the person who is uh, like, you know, something about the, uh, like who thinks they're the freest will rattle their chains screaming that I am free. Something to that effect. I know what you're talking about though. And it's very troubling because first of all, I mean, to, to talk about this point, I, listen, I have a soft spot for Jews for many different reasons. First of all, because they're human beings. Secondly, because they've been shit on for 5,000 years. <laughs> Forever. You know, they're like black folks. I mean, you just, if you're Native Americans, like, you, you know, you are fucked, okay? You are fucked because the organized governments uh, have decided that you're not a person, you're not human, and we're going to exploit you and send... Six million of you to your death or eradicate an entire population like the U.S. government did towards Native Americans. Manifest destiny. Yes. Hey, see the see to shining sea, my friend. Um, would that see, be it sounded so much nicer in the song when we had to sing it as a kid. God. <laughs> but it doesn't, you don't think about like, oh, it's literal genocide. I remember. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, no. Dude, you know, it's, it's funny that you bring that up. I remember as a kid in second grade that if you, like every morning that you had to stand and swear your allegiance to a... Uh, to a flag, and to the republic. For which um, it stands. Yeah, one nation under, I don't know which god it is. I don't know if they're... Ah, fuck them all. Thor. No, <laughs> Thor's cool. All Thor right. and Odin are very cool. Uh, Vishnu's pretty cool, too. But if you're um, making laws based around them... It's not a good idea. Yeah, that's... Not a good idea. No. But I remember that if you got the, if you did the left hand instead of the right hand, that you got 10 minutes off your recess. And, what? And, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, so that's how they conditioned us. Could you us. just play it dumb and be like, "Oh, I just didn't know my left no, hand." No, right. you should have fucking you should have fucking known better because 
And the thing is, is you know, what's funny about that is like in second grade is when we started getting into um, the founding of the republic and the country and the Bill of Rights and the you know the Constitution as a whole, and George Washington, who is you know, if I had to pick a status that I love the most, it would be him, even though he is flawed in so many ways, manifest. Uh, a slave owner, someone who crushed the Whiskey Rebellion with the Federal Army. Like, you know, there are definitely... But I I understand the point that a lot of uh, conservatives make that if he came back, he would uh, he would be appalled yeah, at what he was seeing. political parties, like the one thing he said not to do. Right. Like, I... I can't. I can't disagree with that. Now, the, the remember he was very different from the uh, his New England counterparts. Now, a lot of people have already in in the anarchist community have recommended Thaddeus Russell's A Renegade History of the United States, and I own the book, the audio book. It's narrated by the author. It's tremendous. It's an excellent. It's an excellent book, uh, detailing how, for example. The reason we're still living in a puritanical society, we're still being run by Puritans, but the religion's been replaced with politics. We still have a very puritanical philosophy that uh, that pushes this country. And George Washington, like, there's another book by Colin Woodard, okay, that's called um, American Nations: the the several different uh, cultures that make up the United States. So you have the culture of El Norte, which is the oldest one because it's Spanish American. Or Spanish, Spanish and Mexican, okay, let's say. Then you have Yankee culture, which in our portion of the Buckeye State is a part of because it's the Western Reserve in our northeastern corner of the state. It was yeah. founded by people from Connecticut. Okay. Okay. Then you have Appalachia, which is the most lawless because that's, yeah. those are our favorite people. That rugged terrain. Yeah. The Scotch-Irish and the Irish that disappeared into the hills because they didn't want to be bothered by anybody, that they were leaving being bothered by other people. I mean, can you blame them? Uh, no. Yeah, N- not one Let's bit. go be hill people. Yeah. Well, like we, I don't know if we said <laughs> this on the, on the program, but I've told you before that West Virginia is kind of like the Afghanistan of the United States. Like if Afghanistan and Vietnam had a baby. It'd be West Virginia. <laughs> I love that. That's going on a fucking T-shirt. You heard it here first. That's beautiful. And I'm not making fun. You know, the problem is that people make fun of West Virginia a lot. And I would not fuck with any of those people. No. Not for one minute because you know what? Those people don't fuck with anybody. Yeah. No. That's like I went camping there over the summer with my friends and we went out to shoot guns. And it's like we got out there and what they call the holler. <laughs> and uh, there was no cell phone reception. You Like no radio reception. We might as well have been in a different country. Like, you can't go in there and tell those people what to do. They've been living there their entire lives. I love it. Generationally. And, oh, yeah. And it's like, I mean, I oh, it was so awesome. I had mad respect for every single one of them. Because, I mean, like, they they were like, you got any more guns? They are showing us everything they had. And I was, oh, my God. And it's like the ingenuity that they have back there to deal with the specific landscape that they live in and, like, all the conditions they have to deal with is wild. Uh, oh, my God. I could go on for hours about it. No, but they're wonderful people. And it's like there wasn't a single paved road back there. We were in we were in a pickup. We were in pickup trucks and four-wheelers, and we could still barely make it over some of those hills in the middle of summer. So it's like I don't know what they do in winter, if they have, like, tracks on all their stuff or chains or what. They must be doing chains. But like, I would oh, wager. my God. That would be some of the – I would not want to – I would not want to potentially be like, let's say, someone in the National Guard that had to go door to door and be like, hey, these are the rules now because you'd be in for a rude awakening. That w- I would shit my pants if I had to go around doing that. Those people don't fuck around. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I have a friend of mine who is a, an army ranger. Yeah. And uh, he was one of the first Americans to set boots on the ground in Afghanistan. 
And um, the poor young man, uh, his body's broken because of jumping out of airplanes. Oh, yeah, so it's long. horrible for you. And he had to, um, I'm not going to release a name, but he had to fight the actual, the, the, the government to get his uh, full uh, discharge and disability payment. Yeah, because they come back and it's not service-related. Somehow. <laughs> Even crazy. though it was all in the service this of the This all would have happened if you weren't in the Army either. Trust me. <laughs> uh, but he told me, and this was uh, when Obama was president, uh, and I was buying up guns like fucking crazy. Like, I bought my first, uh, which I lost in a tragic boating accident, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, uh, my first AR-15, when I, I lost that in, in a boating accident on the record, it was very very sad, very happened sad. happened more often than you'd think. You, you know? know, the anarchist community has a play. Boats are really unsafe. We really like boats, and we lose a lot of guns. I don't know what we're doing with guns on the water. I don't know if people are trying to fish like that, but anyway. It's very unfortunate. Uh, R.I.P. in peace, my AR-15 that's at the bottom of some body of water somewhere around here. Um, I can't tell you where because I was drinking at the time. I shouldn't have been handling a firearm. That was my fault. Um <laughs> I bought it a day after Barack was inaugurated, and I called my friend, uh, Frank Jones, or Frank Smith, whatever, Frank. Frank's his first name. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. (laughs) I called Mr. Sinatra, and I said, what do you think about all this? I said, what if you get an order? I said, you're a a fucking law and order guy. What are you going to do when you're given the order to go door to door and start collecting on Americans? He goes, well, uh, they're not going to give us that order. I go, okay, I understand that you really believe that, but I want to know. Well, what are you going to do? I said, we're, we're gentlemen talking here. We're friends. I've known you since fucking freshman year in high school. The big You're f- book of what ifs. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're friends. Like, I graduated four years ahead of you. I Listen, we're not reporting here. I'm not telling your fucking, uh, your captain, I'm not telling anybody what you're telling me. You tell me. Yeah. No names. And he goes, well, what we'll do is me and the boys are going to go out. We're going to have lunch. We're going to drive around for a little bit, then we'll come back and say, yep, we looked. Nobody has anything. <laughs> and this is where, Randy, where I get into it, where the people who I think who will go door to door, not the Army, not the Marines, not the fucking Air Force, not the goddamn Coast Guard, it's the police. I don't think anybody in the military is dumb enough to go door to door, especially anybody who's been overseas and knows what it's like to fight a fucking local insurgency that says, listen, you fucking stepped a little too far. It's the homestead. They've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. That's it. But the cops, on the other hand, I mean, if they'll fucking shoot your dog, they don't think much of you either, by the way. You know, that's I will say everyone I've met in the military, it's like the whole boogaloo culture and everything that's going around now, they've embraced it with open arms. Even it, even if it's jokingly and they don't fully support it, it's like you could see that they wouldn't like, they definitely wouldn't want to be the ones going door to door trying to snatch shit up. They wouldn't want, I mean, half of them probably don't even want to deploy to another country, which like, I mean, also I understand now fucking a right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even with the police, I know, personally a few police officers and some people that are also in the academy right now and that's not what they joined for not to disarm the populace but i mean and if it came down to it where they were the ones that had to go door to door i mean i doubt it's going to be like say nazi germany where if you were like yeah no i'm not going to do that they're just going to put a bullet in the back of your head i'm sure it'd be more civilized here like there i'm sure there'd be a slap on the hand or slap on the wrist some uh, reprimands but it's not going to be do your job or give your life. So I'm sure 
I know for a fact at least a few would not be very kosher with that. But, I mean, yeah, there's still people that would be like, yep, it's my job. It's what I signed up for. Got to do it. Got to gotta represent. <sighs> but, like, I mean, it's you, until asking, the chips are down, you don't know. But you're really asking for your death at that point because – I, I know we people are scary. Like I would not want to fuck with anybody on their own land because it's like I don't know it. No, and they've been living there forever. But also, I think that uh, I think that you and I have talked about this enough, and we know this. There is a very fine line. There's I think Americans as a whole, as a people, have I don't want to speak for all of them, but for the region that we live in, Great Lakes people, freshwater people, and we have some Appalachians down the road from us. They're a different cut of people. You get New Yorkers in New York City, but even upstate New Yorkers are fine people. Oh, yeah. No, I went to... They're wonderful people. I did a lot of training with a guy from upstate New York, and it's like... They fucking hate communism as much as the next guy. That and Northern California. They're very comparable. Upstate New York and Northern California. It's like they might as well be two totally different states in each regard. It's like they're like, yeah, New York City might speak for the entire state as far as votes go or whatever, or like all the cities in Southern California might... They don't speak for the people, though. Yeah, no. They're like, yeah, we don't agree with any of that shit. They've got guns. They've got fucking... They hunt. They fucking... They go hard in the paint. Those are wrong people to fuck with. Yeah. I, oh, wrong I would not want to fuck with any of them. Because they've got big families, lots of social ties. Like, somebody's going to go... Like, if you go to take their shit, you're going to go missing. And a lot of people, they're going to have a corroborated story. Like, they're... It's all going to check out. I, uh... I'll tell you a story that, um... This is a fuck you Friday. It's free for all. Uh, my wife and I went out to the city of Centralia. Uh, we've been there twice now. Uh, we saw it on a, on, on a show. I forget what on what channel. This was back seven years ago now. We went out. It's in eastern Pennsylvania, but it's like north of, of Allentown and Bethlehem. It's by this town called Ashland. There's like five people that live there now. Uh, it is the site of the currently longest burning mine fire in the world. It's been burning since '66 oh, or '63. Silent Hills based. I was gonna on say it. this is the Silent Hill shit. Yeah. Okay. So there's a an abandoned stretch of highway. It's called Graffiti Highway. You can Google it. Oh, I want to go there. Uh, I'd love to take you there. It's a wonderful stop. I, it's it's in the middle of the mountains. It's in Appalachia. So now, mind you, Pennsylvania has reciprocity with our native state. Correct. So I'm carrying a five shot. I'm a 38 special guy. I don't know if that makes me a boomer, but I also got a nine millimeter in the car. <laughs> but just to it make might sure, make you a fud. But <laughs> <laughs> listen, man, I got speed loaders too. If that yeah, helps. you're okay. So you're a progressive fud. That's progress. Thank you. Very, thank you very little. Um, so I got five rounds, and we're walking on Graffiti Highway. And we're just taking pictures and taking a look at shit because the road had buckled because of the heat that went under it. Okay. Yeah, and how long has that been burning? By since the sixties. Wow. And it's headed towards Ashland. Okay. Okay, so it's progressively burning its way through the supply. At like what kind of rate? Uh, Sorry, so many questions. But. I don't know what the rate is, but I could tell you this: that there are signs up from the local, from the state, that say uh, if you walk your dog here or walk yourself, the fumes could make you pass out and you will die. Holy shit. Because of the deprivation of oxygen. There were some fuckers from Philly that Is it all there. like carbon monoxide kind of stuff? Yeah. Or like, okay. There from were like some fuckers. Combustion? Yeah. There were okay. people from Philly 
that showed up and they showed their stupidity like most people from Philly do. No offense. But. You know, I, I mean, I love Philly. When I went there, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Terrible drive. Pennsylvania's a long state. It's a very long – it takes but, a long time to get through, especially on 76. It's a real long Oh, ride. yeah, it's a real – oh, fuck it. But they were there, and I know the guy because I asked them because we had a conversation after, so I know he's from Philly, so this isn't just <laughs> me fucking deciding they're from Philly. No, they were stupid Philadelphians. And there is steam coming out of a vent from the fire. And the fucking motherfucker sticks his hand in there to see if it's really hot. Like, bitch, if you see steam in May, <laughs> it's hot. It'll burn the shit out of you. It'll score you. Yeah, because water's got a higher specific heat or some shit. It's got a higher capacity to hold energy. Like, I don't know, chemistry, you know. So this is still burning. Like, yeah. So we're on the highway. We're on, the, on, on Graffiti Highway. Yeah. And we're taking pictures. We're taking a look. I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm checking in on fucking Facebook, even though there's no fucking reception because you're in the middle of the fucking uh, in the mountains. I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. All of a sudden, I hear all these fucking engine noises. I'm like, the fuck is going on here? I see a platoon of fucking mountain people driving up this fucking thing on modified geo trackers geo geo <laughs> trackers ladies and gentlemen and uh dune buggies it was memorial day weekend they're driving up towards me because there is a uh it's it's a there's a grade to it and as as you go up you go towards there's two cemeteries in the town there's one that's a public cemetery that's for everybody and then there's an orthodox christian one that was meant specifically for the orthodox there's a lot of orthodox people there's just still an active orthodox parish okay the church looks very foreboding but it's still active and there's a lot of orthodox people either way they have their own cemetery there's two cemeteries the vips yes so i'm standing there i'm like fuck Mountain people are coming up the fucking abandoned highway. You've only got five shots. I've only got five shots. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of them. And I'm standing there, and my wife is peeing in the woods because she had to go. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, what do I do? So I'm standing there, fucking like 12 o'clock half struck. I'm just like, uh, frozen. Hand on the weapon in my pocket because I'm a pocket holster guy. And the guy in a fucking dune buggy, like a bunch of them buzz by me. Doom buggy slows down. I'm like, oh shit, this is it. This is how it's gonna. This is how it's gonna happen. <laughs> like I'm getting that rush. My nipples get hard. Like I'm really fucking nervous. And the guy looks over at me. I look over at him. He's got a helmet on, but you could see his eyes. Is this some like Mad Max kind it, of shit? It, it really was. Right. I'm not even kidding you, Randy. It really was. And he looks at me and he just looks and he fucking smiles and waves at me very friendly and keeps driving on. And I just like the the fucking adrenaline let go. And then I, ha I had to pee as well. The parasympathetic snapback, like, all, yeah. Mountain people do not fucking bother you unless you bother them. They were, They're docile. We went back up to the car to get the fuck out of there because we had someplace else to go. I think we were going down to Harrisburg to check out Gettysburg, which, by the way, I don't care if you're an anarchist or a libertarian or whatever. It's it's a hell of a place to visit. It's a whole day oh, at least. It. We did a car tour. Uh, we went to all we went, we saw everything a little round top. It's just amazing. It's it's a it's a really really interesting place to see. Um, a lot of people died there. Obviously, those of us who were schooled in the history of it. It's a it's a it's a, the high water uh, a high water mark of the Confederacy. Uh, but we were going down there, I believe. And uh, I got back to the car, and where you park to get to this highway, the cemetery, the public cemetery, the mixed cemetery, I guess, where everybody can be interred, interred excuse me. Yeah. They were all in there having, I'm not kidding you, they were having a picnic for, I guess it was their relatives. 
And I, I looked I looked at my wife and I said, you know something? I said, these people literally will not bother anybody, will they? I said, I was almost embarrassed. I was almost embarrassed that I felt so defensive because, you know, here I am. I hadn't run into real Appalachian people no, in a, it's in a group. No, profiling, basically. Right, it was. And shame on me. Shame on me for thinking that. But these people, man, they don't fuck. And the best part about it is you're not supposed to be driving on that. They're like, fuck, I don't give a fuck what you say. You know how many cops we saw up there, bro? Zero. <laughs> fuck all nothing. Do you want to know why? You don't fucking need them. You don't need them. You really don't. This ain't Philadelphia, okay? This isn't Pittsburgh. Very different. These people do not bother anybody. And they're like, we don't give a shit what your rules say. We're driving on this fucking highway. We're going up to the fucking cemetery having a picnic with our dead relatives. Yeah, why not? I mean, I from that point forward, I made it. I made an effort to pay more attention to Appalachian people because, again, you and I are from the same part of the world. They get shit on regularly. They get made fun of. They fuck their sisters. Yeah, all they've this got other horror shit. movies made about them. They've got oh yeah, all the fucking jokes about them. Yeah, when it wasn't cool to make black jokes anymore, they went after them. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they're from the same socioeconomic strata. They're still poor people. Poor people, like most of them that moved up here, were part of the Great mig- Migration along with the black yeah. folks to get jobs during the Great War. I think Kurt Vonnegut talks about it in um, Breakfast of Champions. Yet a lot of people, a lot of poor people, move up here from West Virginia to look for jobs. So, um, I'm, if 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 the uh, ice cream social does go down, I'd feel far more comfortable with those people who value individualism and their families more than bending the knee to the state because the city fo- there is a clear divide there is a big difference so you were talking oh, yeah. about that friend of yours that you saw like you know begging daddy to lock him down to ground him meanwhile the rest of us are looking at you like are are you are you out of your fucking like, do mind do you have any idea what you were actually asking for right now right exactly and that's like oh i would much rather yeah i'd much rather end up in west virginia um, I mean, a bitch of a state to fucking drive through. I swear, every time I have to drive through it, it's hard rain. for it's, tanks, it's, Randy. Oh yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I may have cursed it every time I've driven through it, but it's like if I'm there and people are looking for me, I, it's like your best friend. Good luck to you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, when we were down there, it was it was hard to navigate, hard to. We had a flat tire in the middle of all of it. Oh, and it's shit. like we had to. Oh man, and it was like in one of the trucks that we needed to move all of our shit just for the camping trip. And that was a giant pain in the ass, but it's like, uh, not everybody there relies on say like advanced auto parts or somewhere to have all the tool. Oh yeah. Some of the ingenuity down, uh, down there. It's insane. And it's like, wow, what is it? Uh, adversity is the, Ah, fuck. Was it the mother of all invention? Yeah, something like that. I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting drunk. I'm trash. But, <laughs> but yeah, or necessity is the mother of invention or that, something yeah, like that. That's like, it. It prompts ingenuity, and they figured this shit out, and it was like some of the coolest shit. It's like, yeah, it's definitely not OSHA approved, but it's like, hey, we figured it out. We limped that truck back to somebody's garage, and we fixed it up, and it's like, these weren't even people that I knew, but they were all happy to help. And it's like, as long as you don't fuck these people over, they're fine with you. They're good people. Yeah. Oh, wonderful people. Good and people. it's like, they so, they don't even agree with me on, so, like, okay, a lot of people, they'll fight over religion and that kind of shit. Yeah, they and are pretty like, Christian down there, aren't they? Yeah. But, like, and I mean, I went in there and they were, I don't even know how we got talking about it. I think we all just started drinking moonshine. or That's a fine way to start a yeah, conversation. but, like... And we were just talking back and forth, and it's like, oh, where are you from? What, blah, 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 blah. And it just went on and on and on for hours. And it's like, 
sooner or later you're going to get into deeper conversations. And it's like, yeah, I might not necessarily agree with what you believe in, but it's like they don't they don't count you out because you no. disagree with them over some of this shit or that shit. Like, it's, uh, I don't know what adjective I would use to describe it, but it's deeper than that. And it's like, yeah, I'm not trying to do any wrong by them. They're not trying to do any wrong by me. If we can all help each other out, it's like, who cares? I, and, I don't, I can't think of a better way to live. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, it reminds me more of uh, what you said about vermin Supreme with the Liberty train has many stops and oh, it's yeah, like, we wonderful. might not all agree exactly on each compartment of whatever we believe in, but right. as long as we don't fuck with each other, we don't try to impose our will on anybody else. We're not trying to take advantage of anybody else. We can all get along. I, I, I think there's a lot of us that, uh, and that's what seemed like we it agree was with that going yeah. on down there. Yeah, and that's it was great. Those are that's my kind of people. And the thing is, though, you know, they uh, unfortunately we do have a lot of flag saluters down there, and I don't mean that as a pejorative, but you know, they do. There are a lot of them probably fought. Remember, if West Virginia people shit on it. Just remember, West Virginia left fucking Virginia over slavery. Like those counties weren't interested in fucking owning human beings. They yeah. were like, "Go fuck yourself." We don't want to be part of what of Virginia. We have nothing in common with you fucking people. You're tidewater. You're different than us. You're practically southern. <laughs> we gotta go. Oh, by the way, don't forget that where Duncan Lemp was murdered, uh, the state of Maryland was a slave state that was admitted to the Union that fought on the Union side. So, while I understand the Civil War was part of uh, the the argument over owning human beings, let's not forget that Mr. Lincoln was able to make certain concessions for certain states to remain inside the Union despite the fact that they had human beings in bondage. But whatever. You go ahead and believe whatever you want to believe. With that being the case, Maryland is for communists. I don't know if I said that before. I'm going to say it. I'm, <laughs> I've been drinking. I've been drinking. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. This fucking southern comfort is killing me. It's beautiful. I don't know how you drink that garbage. Uh, like I said, man, in Ireland, they were just pounding this shit. <laughs> yeah, the best, but like. The best distilleries on the planet. Just because they're drinking it in Ireland. <laughs> this is for my cousin Barry, my, co- <laughs> my cousin Rory. I dedicate this bottle to my cousin Brian. Um, the entire O'Leary clan, wonderful <laughs> people, uh, the best people that you could ever meet. Uh, I won't mention the particular clan that I come from, but I could tell you that uh, they weren't drinking Southern Comfort, but the O'Learys were. Uh, wonderful people, so uh, uh, this is for them. But um, fair enough. You know, yeah, man. It's uh, the fact. You know, I if you haven't read Thaddeus Russell's uh, Renegade History of the United States. I think you really ought to put it on your list because he is a PhD historian, excellent historian, uh, taught at UC Berkeley, I think. Uh-huh. Um, he uh, he's an anarchist now. Uh, he grew up in a socialist family. He uh, and eventually he came out of that and became more libertine, and now he's a traditional libertarian. Because remember, libertarian was synonymous with anarchist, at least in the French, uh, as far as the French were concerned. But uh, that book is excellent because it details the real history of the United States and how before the revolution, people were more free to, like, for example, if you tell a cop in this fucking country right now to go fuck yourself, get off my property, I don't want to fucking see one foot, you're asking for it. Good luck. You're asking for it. Before the revolution, people from Boston to Philadelphia, two different cultures, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Regularly told redcoats, go, you know, go fuck yourself, fuck you, fuck the king, all sorts of things. And they, they just had to fucking endure it. 
It was a uh, brothels were completely legal. Mixed as race, as they should be, as they should be. Mixed race uh, brothels, by the way, in Philadelphia alone. Okay, very progressive. Well, yeah, very, very <laughs> liberty minded. Yeah. Okay. Uh, these, this is all detailed in the book, and I can't recommend it enough. I'll probably end up getting it for you for Christmas at this point. Oh shit! <laughs> I was gonna say I, I'm definitely gonna have to go on. I'm just, I'm, I, 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 I totally fill Randy's mailbox with fucking books, man. I'm like, and it are is you much do- appreciated? It's oh, like, well. a, it's almost like I have a subscription. But <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It's just like, hey, keep an eye out in the mail, and I'm like, oh fuck, all right, sweet, another book. Well, dude, I'm still you, not done with the last one because I'm not the fastest reader in the world. But dude, hey, you got so like, much fucking going on. I'm like, I got to help this guy oh, out. Yeah. Hey, we've got plenty of time now with the quarantine and everything. Yeah, have you, well, how many days is this now? It's been a week. Okay. Well, maybe not a week since the quarantine. It's the hard been a, quarantine. It's been a week since my orders got canceled. A week. Okay. So a week and, like, well, no, maybe like five days since I've been technically without work. <laughs> so now I'm just kind of chilling out. Fair enough. I've been, and it's been like three or four days since the gyms got closed. So I'm like. Body weight exercises, right? Yeah. And I mean, they kick my ass because it's like if you're used to doing like, I don't even want to say, I feel like powerlifting would be. I got a piss. So you go ahead and detail your workout. Oh, shit. I was going to go look for more to drink, but (laughs) yeah, I'll keep talking. Uh, I have the gift of gab sometimes. We'll see if it holds up now, but. Uh, no, I've, I've generally been trying to do like powerlifting kind of stuff, like bench press and squats and fucking, uh, deadlifting and stuff. But now that's not really an option because all the gyms are closed. Um, and I guess some places it's not, ah, fuck. I know like there's some places that are still open, but generally to the uh, vast majority of the public, they're uh, all closed and I don't have a whole lot of workout equipment at my house. So lately it's just been like push-ups, crunches, air squats, that kind of stuff. But I mean, if you're not used to doing a whole lot of body weight stuff, uh, it'll still kick your ass if you go hard enough. And, uh, that's what I've been doing for the past couple of days. So that's been, I've, I've worked out every day to try and justify me just drinking copious amounts of alcohol. It kind of just balances out in my mind. Um, <laughs> I feel like I haven't been eating as much either because it's like I can't tell if I'm hungry because I'm bored or if I'm actually hungry. So I've only been eating like, tw- well, I guess I only really eat like two solid meals a day. But it's like I try to stay away from snacking because it's just like I'm just bored. I'm not even hungry. But I'm like, shit, like I wonder what this would taste like. Or yeah, I'll- it's just you're eating for just for taste. Yeah, and it, it's like some of it tastes really fucking good. But <laughs> like... Well, here's an idea. For I'm, you. I'm at least glad I know how to cook because it's oh, thank all the restaurants closing and everything. It's like I know how to cook some shit. It'll be delicious. But I'm telling you, if the if Daddy ever lets us out again, <laughs> please, um, Dad. <laughs> I think restaurants and even like double A ba- baseball games are going to be fucking packed forever oh, yeah. because. I'm not saying this is a good thing, but we did. Like, I know so many people. Like, we our former uh, co- former coworker of yours, my current coworker, little Nicole. Shout out to her, nice young lady. Yeah, I hope she's doing well. Yes. Uh, well, she's slugging out through graduate school just like me. Oh shit, good for working. her. Yeah, no, yeah, she did go back. Um, I, I didn't. I won't say I pressured her, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, she has an, she has an opportunity. Like, I won't get into details, but she had an, a rare opportunity to pursue. Okay. 
uh, a master's degree. Nice. So I thought that that I was... I mean, shit, if it didn't cost so much money, like... Well, Christ, I have a friend of mine I, who will remain nameless, and I don't think she listens, nor would she. She's a good Democrat. <laughs> um, she uh, she spent $50,000 on, on her education, and she didn't pass her comprehensive exams, and she got three opportunities to do so, and she walked out of the third one. She didn't even finish the third one. Um, Go out swinging. That's if fucking. You're, if you're already there. Like I'm sorry, I haven't been in that position, but it's like if it's your last chance, why not? I uh, fuck it. She had aspirations to go to get a PhD, and uh, the fact, and she was one of the smarter ones. Uh, very ideological. Uh, it was a big, you know. She thought she was going to be president and all this other stuff. And I told her, I said, you don't like to fuck little kids. Like you're not getting in. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sorry, that's the standard. Like you like to fu- you like to hurt people. Do so you, do you think Biden's gonna win then? Here, okay, hold <laughs> sorry, on. No, 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 no. Throw no, this no, off no, the this rails. This is good. This is good. <laughs> this is good. So check this out. The economy's tanking right now. Oh, it's. it's I mean, it's, in, it's, I don't really have anything invested, but neither do I. I, I really. I, the, the stock, I didn't have the money to invest anyway. The stock but. market is merely a barometer for people's confidence. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with your investment because that's a that's the rich people's Vegas. Okay. That's where the rich, real rich people go to spend to to play. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. But it is a barometer on the confidence of the American consumer, the American, the the, the American citizen, how they feel the economy is doing. I think Mr. Trump, if he does, now he's cutting, I think, $1,200 checks per person for people under seventy nine grand each, uh, not combined, if I'm not mistaken. Holy I could shit, be mistaken. Really? Like, I drank a full, almost a full regardless bottle. Regardless of dependence, regardless of Correct. employment status. Correct. Okay. So that's going to get a lot of people in his corner. He kind of beat the Democrats to the punch. He's like, I'm just going to fucking print money and give See, people cash. That's the the biggest thing I've been seeing since all of this has come out, the fact uh, that we might be getting $1,000, $1,200 checks, whatever you want to call it. Uh, all the I've seen, it's been like a 50-50, like down the middle response. It's like all the people that are for Trump. It's like, oh, well, all the people that said, oh, not my president, blah, 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 all that bullshit. You don't get to take all the money. But it's like on the converse side of that, all the people that hate socialism, it's like, well, you can't take the money either because this is literally a government handout. And it's like, I, as much as I would love to get involved or like try to argue with some of the people on either side, it's like, I'm not going to get anywhere. It doesn't matter. No. But if this money does come out, it's like, oh man, like, you know, vortex optics are kind of expensive, but it's like now they're more within reach or like level four body armor. Well, it's you know, like, Randy, oh, shit. like Randy, we, we talked about this and I think, you know, of course, um, I brought up to Angel, the sound girl, who unfortunately is not able to make it because she's suffering from migraine. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's a legitimate thing sometimes. It is. It's I. They're it, debilitating. Do it you time. know that it's a it's actually a disease? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I have a disease or anything, but it's like I've had migraines with uh, what's called an aura, and uh, Ooh, that's bad. It's you have the flashing lights, and yeah, it's like a crescent yeah. shape kind of, and it starts off real small. And then it takes up your entire... It's basically like you go blind for up to 30 minutes. Oh, it's, it's bad. It's fucking stupid. My sister so, has them. My sister, my niece, and myself have them. I got those a lot in high school, and they said it was derivative of stress. And then I got them a couple times when I got hit in the head during football or uh, at boot camp. But like, luckily, it wasn't when I had to do anything like very important. Right. But I haven't had any since. So I don't know what fixed it. But, yeah, for people that have them, it's debilitating. It's, and it's like it you're is. basically done for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah, you're so, finished. Yeah. Uh, so we wish her well. 
uh, she got she was like, well, "What the f- where where the fuck are you gonna put a 3D printer?" I was like, "Listen, I, I'm t- I already fucking told Randy I'm buying one." I said, "We're buying one because uh, Randy and I are gonna fucking print uh, certain stuff. Legos. We're gonna print Legos. Yo, lots I of Legos. love Legos so much, bro. Like, look at that fucking Voltron over there that's yeah, made of Legos. That's we some love badass shit, isn't it? Though it's bringing me back. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So that's what we're gonna print. Lots of fucking Legos here." It's a beautiful thing. So anybody's listening. We're going to be engineers like our parents thought we would be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It took me 40 years, but I made it, Mom. (laughs) Hey, better late than never. That's what I always say. Hey, man, finish finish the race. (laughs) But, yeah, that's what we're going to do. But she was like, where the fuck are you going to put that goddamn thing? I said, I don't know. Ah, They're not that big. Next to your bed? I don't know. I don't know. Wherever. It doesn't matter. But they're fucking dirt cheap. Really? Like, you can get some expensive ones. You can get some expensive fucking Oh, yeah, but like, we're just trying to scrape by. Like There's certain things we want to make, like Lego people. All right. We, we're not looking for very extravagant things. It's not like we're going to fucking make gun parts. No, definitely. Definitely not. We definitely follow not. the law here. We would never. Never. Plus, never, I, I lost all mine in a boating accident. Yeah, we've already been. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like boating, so unsafe. The anarchist community is is wrought with boating accidents across the board. Uh, yeah, no, that, but they're super cheap. And the best part about it is all of that fucking shit is PDF downloads. All of it. Oh, the internet's a wonderful thing. It, you know what, man? It's um, if the capitalists wanted to hang their hat on something, that would be it. The internet. Yeah, All the right. free market people. I want yeah. to call them capitalists. I almost because... want to say like Reddit, especially like. Oh fuck yeah! The amount of, oh, the amount of helpful information that's on Reddit, it's just beautiful. You know what's funny is Reddit is reminiscent of an earlier time, even back in like ninety two, ninety three, when I first got online. Uh, I wasn't was... even alive. Well, fuck. sorry, I'm not trying. <laughs> that does wonder for my no morale. Disrespect. But... Uh, no, seriously, that was that was it, the message boards were what was active. Yeah. And that's all Reddit is as a message board. Oh, it's great. There's you could find anything on there. Well, yeah, everything from the kind of pornography you're into. Oh, I don't know anything about that, but <laughs> no, of course not. We're good boys here. <laughs> I'm a good Catholic child. <laughs> I'm sure you fucking are. <laughs> Speaking of Catholicism, I do have to have a shout out for Slayer. I uh, bought the uh, South of Heaven uh, LP for my record player. And I'm telling you right now, man, I think that there's a distinct difference. Now, I did read something, and I'm intoxicated right now, and I realize that. <laughs> but when I was at work and I was fucking around on the internet, I said, well, what's, re- what's the real difference between um, audio that's generated from an LP, from a vinyl, versus digital? And apparently somebody said, not somebody, but but somebody who is, works in the industry says okay. that there's something that is lost in the transition from analog to digital because like when the show's over like i'll i could play you the two same tracks one on cd and one on vinyl yeah and then you can make the decision which one sounds different which which sounds fuller yeah and for some reason vinyl does it we could do a blind test or whatever they call that yeah a double blind well i don't know if it'd be well whatever, i mean you're gonna hear yeah. the fucking disc drawer open like i don't know like i'd have to send you out of the room yeah it's Speaking of sending me out of the room, I need to get more stuff to drink. So I and I should probably also just go to the bathroom. I think that's but, a safe thing. You know we're at an hour and thirty minutes. No, right that's now. fine by me. I could keep going. This is a great time. All right, I'm gonna keep reading this article. Making right, fun I'll of the Jews. Right back. Making fun of Jews. 
Well, yeah, because these people say that the Jews are responsible for the coronavirus. So okay, so we're like making fun of people that are trying to make fun of the Jews. Yeah, no, this just is, to specify, this is I'm a not Jew- trying to be anti-Semitic. This is a Jew-friendly show. Okay, yeah, we, we love like, the Jews. We love everybody. All right, everyone, it's... love everybody right now. Right. All right, and I will be right back. All right. All right. So I'm going to read this here. Uh, quote, they are saying that they could destroy society completely, and on the ashes of it, they could build a white ethnostate, which is what they really want, said uh, Friedfeld. I believe I read that already. Another idea being spread is that the coronavirus is a conspiracy between Jews and Zionists and the so-called deep state to take down U.S. President Comrade Donald Trump. Quote, it is a lot of these playoffs that told old tropes and stereotypes that are being repacked and deployed again just with the new storyline, Friedfeld said. The ADL researcher said anti-Semites have cited the Jewish-Brazilian official who tested positive for the COVID-19, for COVID-19, rather, and met with the American leader when Brazilian President uh, Bolasar, like, Bolonsaro, like, I've been, I'm really intoxicated, uh, visited at Mar-a-Lago early this month. I, what I don't understand is where do you people come up with this fucking shit? Like, why why is it always the Jews that are a problem? I I I I, I cannot understand. You got? I, I, do you understand? Excuse me. Do you, or do you comprehend that the Jews are not responsible for all the problems? I, I I know Jews personally that are in my family. They're Reformed Jews. They fight over a ham bone uh for christmas dinner because they're decent human beings and they like to hang out with everybody and they love people no matter what god or the lack thereof they worship i cannot understand why people have it in their head that the jews are up to no good like it really pisses me off i can't understand it now the jews are responsible for the coronavirus the jews control the economy the jews are either responsible for capitalism all of its ills or communism all of its ills I don't understand. You guys need to pick a fucking team because it's too easy. It's far too convenient to blame these people for everything. And I, I simply, I really don't understand it. If somebody could please email the show and explain to me your stupid fucking uh, anti-Semitic behavior, we're at useguysandthat at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at useguyspod. And our Twitter is the same handle, at useguyspod. Please explain to me what the fuck you're thinking. Like, I mean, I'm serious because I need to understand... At least where you're coming from, I don't think you're right. I'm going to tell you right now, I guess it's a biased opinion. I don't understand why the fuck you have to go there. I don't understand why Jews are the problem. But I'd like to hear where you get it from. Now, if you're a national socialist, I can understand why. Because it's part of your ideology. And that's fine. Well, not really fine. But okay, I understand that that's part of your ideological beliefs. That the Jews are responsible for all that is ill in the world. Okay, fine. Sure, you're a moron. That's fine. I get it. But, I mean, there are serious people that blame, quote, Zionists for everything. How is it possible that the Jews manufactured a virus that originated in a province in China, specifically a city, that had a level four bioweapons facility in, China, in communist China? How, is that, how, how does Israel or the Jews, specifically the Jews, not so much Israel, because Israel's a client state of the United States, a satellite state, if you will. I mean, I'm. they should have made them the 51st state at this point. You forget about Puerto Rico and move right on to Israel. But, I mean, seriously, please, use guys in that at gmail.com. Explain to the show, explain to us, Randy and Angel, why the Jews are responsible for the virus. Because, 
again, I've heard that Jews are responsible for uh, the terrible things that capitalism has produced. I've heard that the Jews are responsible for all the terrible uh, ills that communism produced. You need to pick a team. You need to figure out which one, which Jews were blaming. Now, I understand that there are Jews that were involved in the Communist Party, uh, the Bolsheviks, specifically during the 1918 revolution. I get that. With that being the case, uh, I still think that uh, you're a little bit off there because those Jews weren't very religious. They weren't adherents to the Torah. They, they were ethnic. No, they're ethnic Jews. They're ethnic Jews. So again, at useguysandthat at gmail.com, that is, or rather, excuse me, useguysandthat at gmail.com is our email. Please try to fucking explain to Randy, Angel, and I why you think the Jews are uh, the ones who are responsible for this stupid goddamn I love virus. A good story. I, I can't. I, what, I was, what I was droning on about here, and I understand I'm intoxicated, is these people. <laughs> Blame the Jews for every goddamn thing that you could fucking think of. Sooner or later, they're bound. They're trying to stick them to something. It's funny you mention if that. If you spit out enough bullshit, and sooner or later, something's going to stick. I specifically searched in DuckDuckGo, Jews coronavirus, and that's the article I came up with. Is that the Jews are responsible for this. That the Jews are the ones that engineered it. And like I said, I can't understand it. And I would like somebody, a, a fucking national socialist or any of these anti-Semites to come forward and explain to the show where this comes from. Because either, the, like while you were gone, either they're responsible for capitalism or they're responsible for communism or both. Or, or they control the investment banks. Is this banks. like the Constitution thing? Like either it was it made the government we have now or it was powerless to stop it? Like sort that of, almost yeah. Kind of but dichotomy? Or... This, is, this is the Baba Yaga of all time. This is the boogeyman of all time, man. Like they, anything that you could... Th- oh, they're the scapegoat for everything. No Jesus matter, like, Christ. Yeah. I, I, I can't... You know what, man? Like maybe it's because I'm biased. Maybe it's because there's Jewish folk that I know personally. Jewish folk Me that... as well. What what the like? Please clarify. I mean, okay, I'd say it's impossible to remove bias from every single situation, but I would say the stronger bias is probably on the white supremacist people that just have hated Jews for as long as they've been alive, or have been brought up to hate the Jews. This is like, true. I uh, if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably more on them than on the Jews. I think that that's accurate. Because it seems like, at least as far as I can tell, throughout all of history that I'm aware of, the Jews have just been getting shit on by every single person. And somehow, like, they have been incredibly resilient. Props Agreed. to them. Agreed. But, like, every single time there has been an opportunity to shit on them, someone has taken it. And I can't It's not like someone's it. like, yeah, we'll give them a bye week this time. Like, no, that's no. not what's happened. It's been, like, full-time all, job. balls to the walls against them. Full-time job. And I don't, like... <sighs> And it's not, and again, this is not, like, I'm not saying that Israel, I'm not talking about Israel, I'm talking about individuals. Correct. I, I, I can't, maybe I wasn't brought up to hate that way. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I wasn't brought up to blame one group of people. Like, I mean, bl- no one is born racist or prejudiced. It's learned. It's an acquired trait. Oh, it's all software. It's 100% installed software. Yeah. Just like statism is, just like religion is. All of it is installed. I mean, we talked about this before. Everybody's born an anarchist. Everybody's born with a clean slate. Correct. It's the individuals who are uploading software. Whoever has the strongest influence. 
I, and you know what? I wasn't brought up with that kind of hate. Now I talked about it before in the in the show. I don't know if you uh when you were absent. Unfortunately, we couldn't get you on to talk about our uh, Anarchist ladies. Terribly sorry. Oh, that's okay. But my mother channeled it. My my mother's not a college, uh, not a college yeah, educated woman. Yeah, you said she woman. had a high school education, and you're not Correct. talking against. No, that's yeah. That's fine. I, but I, she's one of the people that led you to be who you are today. Correct. Nonetheless. And she was like, if, you know, do you think they really count your votes? Do you think it makes a difference? And she was channeling Emma Goldman. before She didn't even know who the fuck she was. Because if you really had the chance to make a difference, it wouldn't be legal to begin with. Correct. Right. You know, and she, I, I, I know enough Jews from personal experience to know they don't get a check from banks to control the economy. They don't have secrets. The people that are really in control, first of all, do you think they're going to let a fucking religious and ethnic minority fucking control the economy? You must be out of your goddamn mind. You must be out of your goddamn mind. We had to fucking march black and white and Jewish and Protestant and Catholic and Muslim or whoever the fuck it was, march arm in arm back in the 60s so that black folks weren't treated like dog shit 100 years after the Civil War concluded. You think the same group of people are going to fucking allow a small religious and ethnic minority to control their economy? You must be out of your fucking mind. This is a good old boys game. This is a good old boys game. And like George Carlin said, it's a big club, and you're not in it. I'm not in it. No, I'm not. He was ahead of his time, wasn't he? I mean, he, he really was. was. Yeah. No, I love that guy. I love that guy. Cheers. Peace. Cheers. R.I.P. in peace. We're hammered on the used guys in that. <laughs> I'm certainly getting there. Oh, my God. I drank this entire bottle of Southern Comfort, and I am fucking knackered. The first bottle of Jameson's done. The second one is well underway. We're an hour and 40 minutes in. Time's flying. Yeah, it's been a good time. Anybody who's still listening, we appreciate <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like this is more for us than anybody else, but it's like if you're along for the ride... Thank you. It's a great ride. Uh, I hope that, I appreciate um, you very much. I'm gonna do some shout outs at the end for certain individuals that uh, have been a big uh, help to me as oh, far as uh, we could get... be a long way from that though. Yeah, we could. Be. <laughs> we could keep fucking going. We could keep going. So, what do you got? For, what do you got over there? What do you got? Anything? Oh shit! I mean, I feel like we touched a bit on the coronavirus portion of things. Uh, yeah, I definitely didn't think it would get this bad. And it's like, there's people out. I, I still don't really understand the panic buying of toilet paper. It's like, I get it. Like, we're going to need resources. And yeah, I mean, as long as we have stuff to eat, we're going to have to shit. Yeah, but you but, don't shit. You, it's not a diarrhea virus. Well, no, no. It's completely respiratory as far as I've been led to believe. it's There's no gastrointestinal symptoms Correct. with it. And I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll admit, like, since the coronavirus has started, I've uh, I've had some bouts of diarrhea myself, but I mean, I, I didn't That's go out. That's for fucking eating the Baconator, bro. Oh, uh, shit. I haven't even been eating that much fast food, honestly. Or that even not even that much red meat now that I think about what it. What has been your diet lately? It's mostly been like chicken, fish, vegetables, fruit. Like I've, I don't even know necessarily that I've been trying to eat much healthier. Okay, but it's like I've just been trying to cut out fast food, and now it's like any time I eat something that it's like oh I'm hungover and I just really need like some Taco Bell. Do you consider? Something. Do you consider? I'm sorry to interrupt you. No problem. Do you consider Chipotle to be fast food? See, that's a, it's a that's, fine line. That's a here, real Randy. fine line, a big gray area. Uh, I mean, 
it, it, yeah, I mean, I'm not preparing it myself, and it's not a dine. Well, it can be a dine-in restaurant, I guess. Is it the whole concept behind their menu to be more health-friendly because they have fresh ingredients? I would say so, but it depends on what you're trying to do, I guess. Because it's like, if all you're doing is going there and getting like double rice, double meat, double whatever, it's like it's still not going to be as good for you. It's like with Subway, everybody was like, oh yeah, it's super healthy for you, but it's like we're going to sell you a loaf of bread yeah, you're eating a loaf yeah, of bread. exactly. Like, the carbs, it's like, if you're trying to lose weight, carbs are not your friend. Definitely not. So, I mean, if you're going to get a ton of rice and then some meat and whatever the hell, it's like, you're still going to have a harder time. Like, yes, carbs, you can follow the food pyramid. Carbs are an important part of your diet, but it's like, you got to moderate all of that shit. And it's like, every time I've been going there, I've been trying to replace rice with lettuce because they give you the salad option. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then uh, getting meat and beans and all that shit. Yeah, but, they, but isn't there a concept of good carbs? Yeah, they, they I are, mean, like from for example, tree nuts for uh, as an example rather. Yeah, like if you eat cashews, it's not the same as eating a loaf of bread. No, yeah, what you want is complex carbohydrates. You don't want like monosaccharides or even disaccharides. You want, uh, fuck, if I remember back to like high school biology, and uh, I can't even remember what other classes. But like poly- polysaccharides, the more complex sugars you can find, the better they are for you. Because like the monosaccharides, that's like literal just straight up sugar. That's the shit you're ingesting with like your flavored coffees and your candy and that kind of shit. And your complex carbohydrates are going to be more like your fruits and vegetables and then even some of the some types of bread. But yeah, bread in and of itself is not great for you. <laughs> You can't just eat a lot of that and expect to lose weight. But honestly, if you're just trying to lose weight, strictly speaking, it doesn't really matter what you do. As long as your calorie burning is more than your calorie intake, you're going to lose weight. But that being said, you can get, you can eat a lot more. It's going to fill up a lot more volume inside of you if you're eating a lot more like vegetables or fruits, like uh, than it would be if you're out eating like Big Macs, you know, right? Like yeah. one, a Big Mac's what, like a thousand calories, or uh, it might not be. That well, yeah, much. if you need to include the fucking fries. Yeah, up. if you get a combo meal, that's one meal, and it's like you're say, fucked for the day. Say you're trying to eat twenty five hundred to three thousand calories a day. You eat a Big Mac meal combo, whatever, with all the sugars from the soda, the fries, yep. the burger, all that. Yep. You, you might be at, at like 1,500 calories. I, that's just a guess. I'm sorry. I'm not exact with the science right no, now. No, you're damn near but, your caloric intake for the yeah, day. Ex- yeah, you're like halfway there potentially, and you've only had one meal. And it's like your stomach's <laughs> stretching, and you're feeling hunger Based on how full your stomach is, as far as I know. Oh, my God. I'm probably doing a horrible job. No, no. Here's the thing, though, Randy. Like, everybody was jumping on the keto diet thing two years ago, three years ago. I mean, even now, they still kind of are. They still are. What I found was, now, I got off of it, and I gained back 30 pounds out of the 45 that I lost. Yeah, and how long were you on it versus off of it? I was on it for over a year, and then I was off of it for... When I went to when I went to graduate school and did part time along with working full time, yeah, I started to get lazy. I wasn't doing jujitsu anymore. I wasn't doing karate anymore. I wasn't doing judo anymore. Okay, so I was because you know first of all there's a monetary constraint. Oh, and for secondly, sure. There's yeah. a time constraint. Money runs everything. There's a time constraint. And shitty food is a lot cheaper than like it is. Yeah. And after especially my the worst thing was like when my wife would be waiting for me in the car, 
uh, after jujitsu because she'd take the dog and my kid to walk in a park while I was rolling. Yeah. And you might burn. I, I'm not kidding you. And I, I know that you have a friend of yours that's a black belt instructor in jujitsu. Uh, you can burn 600 calories very easily in a single jujitsu uh, session for an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. The problem is, though, like I'm so ravenous after jujitsu that I'll make up that caloric deficiency in an hour. Yeah, you got to put the right stuff back into you. Right. And that's the problem. Um, but now that I'm not doing anything because of the time constraint that I have with graduate school going to part-time because I'm trying to graduate this uh, yeah. this uh, December. And the uh, sweet quarantine of the coronavirus. It's, let me tell you something, man. It's a real like Being alone with fucking cereal is a fucking death threat. <laughs> let me tell you because uh, I fucking love There's hunt- no cereal in my fucking house. Otherwise, I'd be doing the same thing. Bro, honey bunches of oats, fuck you, guy. Like that's dude Reese's Puffs. That's my shit. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, that's a nice one. And fucking from childhood all the way till now, bro. How about the fucking uh, what is it? The the shit that I buy for my kid is that fucking uh, the toaster uh, pastry. What is it? Toaster toaster strudel with the fucking with the icing with the hot cum, like Louis C.K. said. (laughs) Fuck you, guy. Just skeeting all over it. Oh shit. Oh hell yeah, that shit's good as fuck. That shit's good as fuck. But yeah, you got to, you know, it's what's funny is like in order to. And when I was rolling, I was definitely the second biggest guy in the class. And one thing I will give the jujitsu community uh, community credit for is none of that shit mattered. Like there's a, again, you you uh, referenced Reddit. There's am I too fat? Place. Am I too fat to do jujitsu? And there were black belt instructors saying, "Quit making fucking excuses and get on the mat and roll." Yeah, just no, train. Exactly. Just get out there and because that's like the same as like that's what I hate is when. Like, people make fun of bigger people that are yeah. still going to the gym and trying to do something. It's like, hey, at least they're fucking here. Like, they're out here working their ass off. I agree. They might not, they might not be moving the same weight. They might not be doing the same stuff I agree. as you. But they're still fucking here. Yeah. Because think of how many fucking – and I think about it every time I'm at work. Because it's like very – like, I'd say more often than not, the patients that we're taking care of are at least obese. Not necessarily morbidly obese, but, like, they're large. And it's like, I mean, yeah, they're the ones that if you are obese, there's going to be a lot more comorbidities. There's going to be a lot more risk. Sure. So chances are, more often than not, the people that you're going to be taking care of in an emergent scenario are people that are overweight. And it's like, sooner or later, it's going to kill my fucking back. But (laughs) (laughs) lifting them into a fucking squad. But, oh, yeah, it's... Fuck, how do we start talking about this? I'm very sorry, everybody. I've been drinking a we lot. Are, we are trashed at this <laughs> podcast. We've each like basically finished a bottle of liquor. But No, it's good. But it's no, good. like it's a fuck you Friday. The guys. people that are healthy and that are taking care of themselves, chances are I'm not gonna run into you. At least not nearly as often. With the exception of being pre existing conditions. Oh yeah. Like sure. yeah. Oh diabetes, big one. Type one versus type two. Type sure. one you might not be obese and it's like we're still gonna end up, you know, working with you a little bit potentially. Sure. Or I mean I mean, I've had so it's crazy how many people uh more often than not, C O P D, uh I wanna say it's emphysema. They're more on the skinnier side and they tend to have a lot of uh, Really? Yeah, yeah, because there's a, I don't want to say mnemonic, but there's a there's a way to memorize it, and uh, so chronic obstructive pulmonary diseases, uh, emphysema and bronchitis are two of the big ones. In bronchitis, 
uh, the thing for that is blue bloaters. They tend to be more often hypoxic, if I'm not mistaken. What is, why is it called blue bloaters? Blue is because when you are deprived of oxygen, your tissues tend to turn cyanotic, which is the technical term, which is uh, more blue. And then they're bloated. That's wild. They're like, bloated is this a because, medical term? Oh, well, this isn't a medical term, but this is literally like in the books that I studied when oh, I was no in school. Oh, no shit. This is oh, written yeah. word. No, no shit. Okay. This is like, this was in school. This is like test questions. Uh, they tend to be on the bigger side, not necessarily obese from what I've seen, but they're larger and they are, yeah, like I said, more often hypoxic, more often kind okay. of blue tinged. And then for emphysema, uh, it's the pink puffers. And so emphysema, they tend to have more barrel chests and they're, they're real skinny. You can see all their ribs. You can see their collarbones. And, uh, oh, they're, you're kidding. Yeah. This and is why the reason they call them puffers is because when they breathe, they'll purse their lips. They'll go like, <laughs> like they're blowing into an instrument. Yeah. Almost, almost kind of like that. Okay. And, uh, I guess the rationale behind that is when they breathe against pursed lips like that, it keeps the pressure inside their lungs relatively higher, which prevents atelectasis or atelectasis. However you want to, pre- however you want to pronunciate, pronounce. Fuck. I'm drunk. It's a whole bottle. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can, but I am very certain that this is, like, factually correct. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, when you breathe against pursed lips, it creates positive and expiratory pressure, which keeps your alveoli, which is the little balloon sac yeah, things yeah, yeah. in your lungs, open as opposed to them collapsing and then you losing uh, tissue that actually moves oxygen into your bloodstream and carbon dioxide out of your blood into your lungs so okay. you breathe it out. Uh, but, yeah, so... We were talking. How did we end up talking about respiratory disorders? Please help me. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Try to remember. Fuck me. I'm so sorry, everyone. We Um, went. You went on a tangent about it. I. I. I, I'm trying to remember what the fuck it was. But basically, like I remember the the. The gist of it was basically more often than not, we're transporting people that are overweight. I know that was a part of it. Yes, it was. Like, how the fuck did we even end up there? Oh God, everyone, so sorry. Uh, I love all of you listeners. Who all the all five of you probably. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I talked to Sal the Agorist, who oh, has yeah. an awesome Sally follow. Mayweather. Yeah, yeah, he's the best. Yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah, I uh, follow him on Twitter. He's excellent. Excellent follow at Sally Mayweather. At Sally Mayweather, excuse me. I've been drinking excessively. <laughs> this is a great time. This I love is a it. great time. It's almost two hours of us getting shit faced. <laughs> it's uh, great. It's like no work on our part. He's a great follow. Um, <laughs> And I asked him, I said, well, how did you grow your podcast audience? And he said, slow and steady. That's all he told me. Now, of course, I wasn't asking him for a promotion or anything like that. Hey, you know, drop the name of my name, drop my He follows the podcast on Twitter. I'm not sure if he listens or not. Uh, but what I will tell you is that he told us that, hey, slow and steady wins the race. Oh, You're yeah. not going to build an audience overnight. It didn't become an idiom for nothing. No. That that would be the definition of an idiom, right? I'm not I believe using... so. Okay, good. <laughs> and so I appreciate him. So this is a uh, in episode shout out during the drunken stupor of Southern Comfort and Jan- now I will say Brian, uh, uh, excuse me, Randy over here. <laughs> I don't know why I said. Why did I say Brian? I have no idea. Um, I'm hammered. Uh, Southern oh, Comfort man. here in Jameson. I will say Randy's drinking the good shit. That I specifically went to the fucking yeah, liquor store I don't know why for. you chose Southern Comfort over Jameson. Like, I yeah, told... family ties, whatever. But It brings like... me back. This is fucking 20 years ago. Southern Can you Comfort. believe that? That was my second trip over there. It was 20 fucking years ago. Really? I've been there three times. I was, was a 
Here's Toddler. this. Toddler. Listen to this. <laughs> Listen to this. Hold on. This is about to get deep. I, I'm, I'm ready. So I went I went there three times. The first time was when I graduated high school in 1998. Okay. okay. I went there with my parents. I was two. Great. Just for perspective. Fuck. Not trying to undermine you at all. <sighs> so I went over there with my parents because my parents wanted to see all the relations over there. Like see all the family and yeah. stuff. See how the kids are doing. Yeah, naturally. So we flew into Dublin because you fly into either Dublin or Shannon. Shannon's on the west coast. It's on the, at the uh, mouth of the Shannon River that uh, that uh, empties into the Atlantic Ocean. So those are the two international airports? Those are two okay. of the international right. airports. I don't think you can fly into Belfast directly. I think that's a connecting flight. But we okay. flew into Dublin. So you leave Newark Airport, which is in New Jersey, Newark Liberty Airport. You leave at air, uh, 8 there. o'clock at night. Yeah. You get there at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's so weird. And I was so excited <laughs> because I couldn't sleep. So I you're could, just... I'm oh, amped. Fuck. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to see where my grandfather came from. Well, my grandfather came from fucking Cork, which is on the southern coast. It has nothing to do with Dublin. And here's the best part. Every region in that fucking country has beef with the other region. Really? Like, where my people come from is Cork, which, again, at the beginning of this podcast, before we were hammered, yeah, we talked rebels. about the Rebel County. See, I remember that. Fucking Despite right. all the alcohol, I saw that. I wonder why you remembered that. Because, because the rebel, word rebel is in there. Is based it's a shit show. Uh, it's a wonderful shit show. Uh, God bless the fucking quarantine. I don't Odin even want to say controlled quarantine. chaos, but chaos nonetheless. Nonetheless. Uh, they have a beef with people from Dublin, and everybody makes fun of the North. Like, the north of Ireland, like, quote, Northern Ireland, where the British are still are. Okay. Uh, even though they... Were, I landed a couple of months, like, two months after the Good Friday Agreement was was uh, passed by voters. Okay. Where Protestants and Catholics finally fucking decided enough was fucking enough. Like, the, like I don't know if you're... Like, you didn't grow up in the air where they were bombing each other and killing each other in droves. Are we talking, like, Bloody Sunday kind of stuff? Or, like... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh they finally decided both sides of the community are like, that's fucking enough, okay? That's we're we're killing you people's children are dying for no reason. That doesn't mean they like each other, but that means that they will live with each other. Yeah, they're tired of people dying for yeah. It's for nothing. Well the British Army, do you know that the deployment to Northern Ireland was the longest in the history of the British Empire? I did not know the that. The longest in the history of the entire army was to Northern Ireland. It was called Operation Banner. I had no idea. They went home in 2007, so my parents don't know about this. But I went with my cousin. We took a bus trip. So uh, Belfast was from Dublin about, I with stops, it was about two and a half hours. Okay. And you had to take your passport there. And I'll never forget the day I got off the bus and we were walking. Now, what I don't understand is that Protestant people, the Catholic people in north of Ireland, northern Ireland, whatever you want to call it, Ulster, whatever you want to call it, they apparently know what neighborhoods people belong to. I don't know how they're able to achieve that. Is it like a dialect thing? Or no, it's not a dialect not thing. Even... They, all, they all look the same. They all speak the same. Okay. They have, all have the same accent. Because just like in the United States, all of us have regional accents. Yeah. I remember when I went to Ireland the first time, my cousin Rory told me, he says, oh, you know, you don't have a really thick American accent. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I have no accent, bitch. Like I speak the most normal English. Like We're from the Midwest. <laughs> like, bitch, this is what this is what English is supposed to sound like. This is what all uh, telemarketers sound like. Wrong. For a yeah. Reason. <laughs> I was I was wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I do have I do have a tick American accent, as it were. Okay. And uh, we went to we went to the north. We went to Belfast. Uh, you go over the border. There's no border check. It's very weird. But when you get to Belfast, I got out. And as we were going towards the Falls Road, Falls Road was a Catholic neighborhood. 
not obviously, but my my side of the family were all Catholic, culturally, not religiously, culturally. So meaning anti anti British Empire, okay? Because my grandfather fought in the War of Independence uh, from nineteen nineteen to nineteen twenty one, okay? <clears throat> and he was for the he was from the aforementioned county of Cork. And when I went there, I, for the first time in my life, I was searched by a British paratrooper. For the first time in my life, I had a man with a gun ask me for my papers. I'll never forget the man's accent. I said, I need your papers, please. And I was like, fuck me. This is weird. Like, I, I don't even like giving my driver's license in the United States of America. So I hand over my passport. The guy, the, 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 the paratrooper with this, I, I don't know if it was an AUG. I don't remember what kind of rifle it was. Was it a bullpup magazine yes. back over by the shoulder? Yes. Because I think it was, it was an British, AUG, that Austrian one. Well, I mean, the there's British, a British variant, right? There's an L85, I think. Okay. Is, uh, here, wait. I'll, here, let me pull one up for you real quick. I don't know how well you remember it, but. Well, I was there. And uh, the Brit- the the, uh, the paratrooper looks at me. He gets my passport, and uh, he he looks at it and he says, he looks at it, and I'm standing there, guys. I'm drunk. Okay, give me a break here. Was it kind of like that? Yeah, that's the one. That's the L85 rifle. Okay, all right. So that's Shitty a British service variant. weapon. From okay, what I've been told. Wonderful. No wonder they don't rule the world anymore. <laughs> so he takes a look at my passport, and my cousin told me, he's like, make sure you bring your passport. So I bring up my passport, and he looks at it. He hands it back to me, and this very like I'm pretty good at identifying accents from the from from Great Britain, and he goes, he looks at me, and he hands it back to me, he goes, "Mind yourself, all right." So he had like an East London accent, almost like he rooted for fucking West Ham or Chelsea. I don't know which one it was, which what soccer team. So it's like he goes, "Mind yourself, all right," and I was like, "Fuck, okay." I'm like, "How are they gonna know that I'm not Protestant?" How they gonna now? Mind you, this is when I was religious. I'm I'm an atheist now. But at the Eight. time, I wasn't. Yeah, shout out to the atheists. Good What's people. Up? I'm wondering, how are they going to figure out that I'm not part of the like the home team? Yeah. And it was very odd. The the Catholic neighbors and the the, the Catholic neighborhoods, excuse me, and the Protestant neighborhoods had the same stores to shop at. One was a Catholic store. One was a Protestant. And there was a peace wall. So if you have an idea of what a wall looks like from like uh, Palestine and Israel, for example. Okay. They had something similar to that in Belfast. I was there. It was incredibly odd because these people are all Celts. It's not like you have Palestinians and Israelis. A distinct, two different distinct groups of people, either Ashkenazi Jews and Native Arabs. But these are all Irish people. Now, granted, there'd be Ulster Scots. They were descended from Ulster plantation people. When Cromwell sent over plantation people to okay. Protestantize the entire island. But they all look the same. Right. Celtic people look the same. Like just looking at them, you're not going to tell the difference. It was incredibly odd. And at that point, I, I remember when I say America, I'm not talking about America as far as the government. I'm talking about the people. Like in, in the town that I live with, there's a Protestant church and a Catholic church right across the street from each other. And they go eat breakfast at the same fucking location every Sunday morning. Yeah. And they all hassle the same waiters. And you know, Yeah. They're all, all they, yeah. they send their Boy Scouts to the same fucking troop. Exactly. They go to the same fucking schools because. You don't we, pick out the differences. Right. Between, yeah. We don't fucking do that over here. And, and over there, that, that is a, this is a life and death thing. Like. All, all alcohol aside, this is a very serious life and death thing. And I was terrified. I'm like, how are they going to fucking know? You don't know. 
Nobody, like, for example... Or if, was it kind of like, they knew, but you don't know? Well, you don't cross the street and go to the Protestant store, and the Protestant people don't cross the street and go to the Catholic store. And people there were kind of advising you as to My what to do? My cousin did. Or, he okay. was like, you know... Well, that's good. I was told not to wear green, because green was a symbol of, uh, of, of Catholicism. So this is like some gang sign kind of shit. Oh, yeah. Very much so. And then the fucking British army is mixed in the... In the, in the this is two months after it. The British didn't, didn't leave... Until two, until nine years later. Holy shit. The British Army didn't leave Operation Banner until nine years later. So they're still there, and they still have barracks in Northern Ireland at the time. And here we are, and I'm just taking a peek, and it was fucking terrifying. It was, it was, it was really interesting. It was, uh, I, I, I got to hit the head, so you take over. Oh, shit. Uh, well, I don't have anything that's going to relate to that, necessarily. Talk about your trip to Japan. <laughs> Oh fuck! Ah, uh, let's see. So what is it? Twenty twenty now? So this would have been. Hold on. Uh, fuck. Uh, it doesn't matter how long ago it was. It was a couple of years ago. Uh, I got sent to Japan with the a, a specific branch of the armed forces, and uh, I went to Okinawa, and it was uh, pretty fucking neat. Uh, I was there for a few weeks and let's see. So I was, I must've been at least 20, but not quite 21 because I was really excited on the international flight over there. The drinking age was 20 and which meant I got to drink and everyone that was in charge of me was like, you can't drink. And I was like, Hey, the rules on this international flight are I'm allowed to drink at 20. So I was drinking Sapporo's like it was fucking, fucking water. Uh, I I like to be hydrated. I like to drink a lot of water. <laughs> so I was hammered by the time we got to Japan. Uh, we landed in Tokyo. We didn't really get to leave the airport or do anything crazy. Uh, but everything was uh, incredibly clean. Tokyo airport, very very clean. Um, not to play into stereotypes or anything, but I was probably one of the taller people there. Uh, <laughs> along with That's incredibly people. racist of you there, Randy. Oh, come on. Like, <laughs> I'm just speaking uh, from what I could see at the time. Me and the other fellow Americans that were there, we tended to be the taller of the people that were there. No no discrimination, no, no judgment on that front. Uh, but no, it was incredibly clean. Cleaner than any airport I've ever been in in the United States. And uh, we waited at a terminal for a while, but we literally walked out onto the tarmac, got onto a bus, and then got transferred from that bus to the plane that we were going to get on in order to go to Okinawa. Is that in Tokyo? Yes, this was okay. in Tokyo. All right. It was uh, it was crazy. I've never seen anything like it because usually you just go straight from the terminal to your plane, but they had us going all over the place on the runway. Uh, across the tarmac to the flight that we were actually supposed to be on. So that was interesting. All the toilets in the bathroom had bidets, by the way, which... Uh, That's at, fantastic. Oh, at first, everyone was like, oh, fuck, like, is that gay? And we were like, no, dude, you're just cleaning your fucking asshole. Like, who the fuck cares? And you're saving the environment. You're not using paper. Um, so, so now, I mean, especially with the coronavirus toilet paper shortage, it's like, shit, make your own Jesus homemade debase, bidets if you have to. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what Honestly. The, cl- the cleanly level is on that guy because aren't you aerosoling some of that fecal matter 
I hate to go that route. I mean, if I guess it depends. Like, this is all speculation purely from a non-professional standpoint. But it's like, I guess it's how <laughs> thick your thighs are. Because it's like, think about it. If you're sitting on the toilet, and if you've got, like, thicker thighs, like oh, someone might say American thighs, you're filling up the full toilet seat and covering the gap. Isn't that ACDC? <laughs> yeah, knocking me out, those American thighs. Uh, you shook me all night long. Okay, thank uh, you. Yeah, some... <laughs> Some people might not quite agree, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it would depend kind of on that, but otherwise a bidet, it's just like, it's shooting like straight up the arsehole, you know? Uh, but grandmother had one at her house. It was very weird. I mean, honestly, I was a little bit hesitant rolling into it, but in Japan, they were very, very common. I was like, you know what? Like I'm in Japan. I'll probably never be here again. At least not on someone else's dime. I'll I'll probably have to pay for it myself. So So why not enjoy it while I can? And I tried it out and it's like, yeah, pretty neat. You got to clean up a little bit afterward just because your asshole is going to be all wet. Well, sure. Other than that, it does, it does a pretty, pretty solid work. But the idea is here. You experienced a cultural difference where you fell out of place. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, and that's where I was going with that because you know, as much as I think of myself as being you know part Irish American, for example, you're just American over there. You're yeah. just you're just a Yank. That's like that was probably one of the biggest wake up calls was landing in Tokyo because it's like looking around, not to be racist or anything. Because I don't think it is even like that if I say this. No, But you look around and no one looks like you. Right, You are the odd man out. Yeah. You are the outlier. And everyone knows exactly who you are as soon as you touch down Yeah, there's no hiding. Yeah, exactly. You're a fucking white boy. You're American. Or at least European. But I'm sure they know how to tell the difference. Oh, for 100%. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure they were able to tell the difference in West Belfast. Where I was, and that was, you know, I didn't become a 100% atheist until about 2016. Really? And, uh, well, I had my doubts. Because I remember when I met you, it was probably... 2017? Yeah, 2018. You, still were, you were still rocking the agnostic thing. Yeah, I was still... I, well, you were on the fence at best. I call I myself say. an atheist now because it's the easiest way to describe it. Because it's like you can't necessarily prove it one no, way or not, the other. No, not at all. And neither can I. I'm 99% percent sure but i am not bold enough to go for that one percent and call it a hundred because none yeah, of us know because it's like who can honestly it's like people be like oh yeah i'm 100 no. certain but it's like nobody's 100 fucking percent well i mean if there is a god where the fuck is he he or she or it or they now I mean, they're Jesus either omnipotent Christ. and a dick or they're powerless but benevolent well that's the way to go i don't disagree with you do you uh I remember in school, now this is a long time ago when they actually had us read important things, and we read <laughs> Night by L.A. Weissel. See, uh, I wish they would have required me. I still haven't read it, Okay, but it, I know it's a thing. I highly recommend it because he survived the Holocaust, and he was the one who's quoted it in say, uh, as saying, if God exists, we would have to put him on trial. Because we, why would he let this happen? Exactly. Like that kind of a thing? So okay. sort of, yeah, and not just so much... I mean, granted, or she, sorry, he or she or it, they, whatever, whatever God is or was, or according to whomever is taught, like they completely abandoned these people to be uh, to be uh, slaughtered on a an industrial scale. So the idea is, if there is a God, we would have to put God on trial for what they right. failed to do for individual suffering. And um, I see a lot of I have some friends again. 
listen, you and I talked about this off off microphone, I guess you could say, outside of the podcast. Okay. Talking about how you go from a militant stage of atheism where, like, what you believe is fucking stupid, uh, your beliefs are dumb, there's nothing, there is no proof to, listen, if it does give you value to your life and it makes you a better person, I'm fine with it, which I am too, I am. But I don't know how your God fits into this situation, especially right now when you're witnessing people suffering on a global scale in your lifetime, not so much in the Holocaust. We're not talking about the Holodomor in in, uh, Ukraine where they starve 7 million Ukrainians in a year. We're not talking about the Holocaust where they killed 6 million Jews. Plus, in six years right now, there are old people who can't breathe. Right. Where's your God now? Where, where, where is he or she or they? And you know what? Maybe they're deists and they think that, uh, oh, well, you know, God is sort of a planter and he plants he or she or it or they. God. Uh, lowercase g plants a uh, seed and lets it grow and walks away. That Maybe that's possible. I don't think it's probable. It is possible, but it's not probable. I don't know where people are able to justify the suffering on the planet uh, with a deity uh, listen, but if it does add value to your life and makes you a better person, it makes you a better uh, son or daughter, husband, wife, father, mother, whatever, uh, individual. I'd say... Go for it. From what I can understand, it plays more into almost the absurd uh, way oh, of Oh, for thinking. sure, dude. Because it's like, even if you don't think life has an overarching meaning, there's an overall meaning to all of this, why all of us, every single one of us on Earth right now are mm-hmm. here... If there is a way to keep you going, to keep you from eating a gun, to keep you from hanging yourself, to keep you well said. from doing anything of that sort well said. that keeps you going and also is keeping you from doing horrible things to other people, then who am I to judge you? Because, I mean, I don't want people to go around committing mass suicide. I also don't want people to go around no, committing mass all. murder. Not at all. So it's like we're all here. We might as well make the most of what we have while we have it. And I know plenty of people that it's like they are religious, but they don't necessarily want their religion to be the basis of what laws are made around. Which I would say, yeah, that's like the model. It's like if you can find meaning for your own life, but you don't want to force that onto other people who might have different beliefs, that's the way to fucking go. But I that doesn't disagree. necessarily that doesn't that doesn't necessarily seem to be the way it is for everyone. Obviously, no. otherwise we Agreed. would have reached a consensus on abortion by now, oh, yeah. or any other <laughs> hot ticket issue. Um, so. I mean, honestly, even back when, let's see, probably when I was like 18 or 19, I would have been rather intolerant of people with a more religious point of view just because I was like, well, I can't see how any of this would be possible for you to Well, sure, you're more militant atheist at that point. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it took me a while even to get to the atheist point of view, though, because, I mean, the entire, uh, my entire life I was raised as... I mean, I don't even know. There's so many different denominations, and I don't want to offend anybody. Sure. But no, I, I would say, at the very least, Protestant. Sure. Uh, and then... Christian, let's put it Oh, yes, way. Christian, definitely. But I don't know necessarily which denomination to accredit the most. Right. And that's... I don't want to say it's out of ignorance, but out of uh, just sheer... 
For the sake of argument. For the sake of argument. Yes. Uh, And so, let's see. So, yeah, when I was little, it's like my family took me to a Catholic church. And then when I was probably around 10 to 12, we went to a Methodist church, I'd want to say. And I'm I'm very sorry to anyone that might – out, have outrage at this, but it's like I don't, I don't really understand the difference. It all seemed like a Christian church to me. Yeah, they seem but, to be all very nice people. At least, yeah, on like I don't have anything basis. against any of the individual people, no, but I just all. don't. Un- I, I guess I just don't grasp the differences between the individual portions of the I religion, agree. and I'm not trying to offend anyone on either side of it. And then from there, uh, I started playing a lot of sports, and those take up weekends, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, I'm sure I do. And once uh, once that started to happen, a lot less church started happening. And then from there, it was like it just kind of fell apart, and I don't necessarily know why. I, I, I mean, sure, sports probably played a part in it, but it's like I was just a child. So it's like some adult had to make a choice at some point ultimately over what happened because it's like no matter what i wanted it's like i didn't have the final say in anything yeah but clearly the choice was made for you to be with your teammates in the specific sport that you were participating oh yeah i mean a lot of the invitational meets took two days because i was a swimmer specifically so for that's a whole weekend so yeah so for about five months out of the year i'd say to put it generously Meets would be Saturdays and Sundays, so it's like, hey, Sunday, if you're a Christian, you're not going to fucking church. No, it's not happening. you want to support your child or whoever. Agreed. So, yeah, so that got in the way of a lot of stuff. Uh, and then I'd say around there is where, because, like, there were people I swam with that originally were like, you believe in God? And I was like, yeah, why not? And they were like, well, what about this, 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 and this? And I was like, well, that's just... Like, blah, blah, blah. I just kind of regurgitated shit that was told to me by other people without having to think about it. And I was like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And they were like, well, what about A, B, C, D, E, and F? And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I wasn't prepared for all this. So, like, I'd have to come up with something to fill the time. But after I thought about it, like, I'd go home afterward and I'd be like, fuck. Like, well, nothing prepares you for it, Randy. Oh, no. And it's like, you know, all these people were the ones I mentioned earlier. It's like, I got placed into the uh, more advanced English classes and the. Science classes, somehow. I honestly don't know how, because I felt like I was kind of on the lower end of the spectrum there. But it's like these same people were the ones that were kind of like poking and prodding at me, and they were like, why do you have faith, all this shit. And I was like, honestly, like after a while, because at first I was like, you know what, this is just people testing my faith, blah, 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 all the other shit that you hear people say all the time. 100%. But after a while, I was like, you know what, they have some legitimate points. And oh, no question about and it. If, like, and it's like, I'm glad I ended up in those rather advanced science courses, I guess, because they're the kind of what they're the kind of courses that regardless of what you're learning overall, it's like question everything, question the nature of everything. Well, that's the and scientific I, mind. Yeah. You know, that's the way it should be. Yes, exactly. Because you imply you and apply like, the scientific method. Yeah. And empirical evidence to point again. I'm not we're, we on this show will never criticize anybody. For their religious beliefs. No, definitely not. Because one of the things I believe is that no matter what your reason for being here is, if you are not trying to force it upon anyone else, but it also keeps you going, keeps you doing whatever you were doing, I think it's a good thing. 
because I don't, I mean, honestly, if we were all looking at it empirically, I feel like we'd have a bunch more nihilists than we have now. And if you were truly a nihilist, you would have to end oh, up killing yourself. Oh, 100%, man. Oh, absolutely. Because if nothing truly mattered, it wouldn't matter if we lived or died. And, and then more people would probably end up Correct. killing themselves. And I feel like that just isn't a good world to be living in. So, I mean, there, I, there are plenty of people that I know that are religiously motivated, but they don't force their ideologies or ideology, however you want to pronounce it, upon sure. anyone else. But they use it to do good instead of creating other laws that kind of oppress other people. I agree with you. Because there's a definite difference between both. No, there is. I mean, look at the – like, for example, the Salvation Army, I could never theologically agree with them, first of all, based on the fact that I don't believe that there is a God. Right. But as before the schools could get started with passing out lunches to people who didn't have money to purchase lunches for their kids – the Salvation Army was one of the first ones to come up and say, "Listen, no questions asked. You need food. You come see us." Yeah, like you are a ba- you are a human. You deserve basic human rights. I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that either. Because you're living by the principles you believe in, and I think that that's a wonderful thing. I I don't I again I don't think there is a god. I don't think there is any god uh, except for maybe Odin and Thor, maybe maybe Vishnu. Right. I'm not sure. Whatever, whatever your cup of tea is, whatever motive, because we talked about this before off show, where we said that you know you go through this evolution where you're like you become a militant atheist, let's say, and say, oh, there is no God, this is all bullshit. What you believe in is garbage. It doesn't yeah. make a difference. And then, but you come, if what you believe in causes you bingo. to do good, and there's no bingo. portion of it that's hurting other people, then who am I to say that that's wrong? Because you are doing good on behalf of other people. I, I can't I can't argue with that. There's there is no argument. Yeah, there is no argument because you're you're living by the principles of the faith that you're supposed to proselytize to other people. The Salvation Army doesn't say, "Hey, listen, come to our service," and if you come to our service and endure whatever the pastor, preacher, whoever yeah. has to say, whatever they're going to say or read from the gospel or whatever, you can have something to eat. It's no, please let us feed your children. I don't give a shit if you believe in what we believe or not. Let us we take are... care of your basic human yeah. rights and needs. I want to help you. Yeah. Because I care about you. And that's not how it always is. No, it isn't. But if you can take care of that. But that's the way it should be. Yeah. And I fully commend them for stepping up before any gov- uh, governmental organization stepped up and they said, listen, we are here to help people, we're here to help the community. I can hang out with them far faster than any government agent because even though I don't agree with them theologically, I agree with them uh, on a humanistic basis. The core values. The core values of taking care of the community. I think that that's a wonderful trait. I think that's an excellent trait. And uh, hats off to the Salvation Army and other religious organizations who said, we're not here to proselytize. We are here to feed the people because we believe that's the right thing to do. Listen, man. I hey look, we we at the hey use guys and all that show we commend you because that's the way it should be. Um, we talked about you and I about the evolution of going from a, being a militant atheist and saying, you know, you're a fucking asshole, you're stupid because you believe X, Y, and Z to the point where if it adds value to your life and it adds value to the people around you, if it makes you a better person, then who am I to judge? Yeah, because I would say, oh man. It goes back to what we said, prob- or what I said, I should say. Uh, Go on. In the first episode that I was in, where it was like, all right, uh, 
everything that I've been told up to this point is a lie. Everything that I believed up to this point is a lie. And now I need to kind of find my own reasons for doing things. And at first I was like, yeah, I don't have any use for religion. I don't believe in any sort of God or gods. Sure. So why should I think it's productive for anyone else to do the same? But it's like at the same time you have to appreciate the fact that the world doesn't just revolve around you and around your point of view. And while you have other people that will try to make legislation based upon religion, which I would say isn't a good way to go generally – but you do have people that kind of believe in religion and that kind of stuff for the right reasons. They want to help people. And maybe Nothing wrong with that. Maybe they are self-sufficient and have the resources to help other people outside of themselves and their own family. And it's like, who am I to stop that from happening based on what they believe? As long as they are not trying to push what they believe on other people or force other people to believe in what they believe, but as long as they are giving other people a fighting chance, 100%. I should say, that is the kind of stuff I can agree with. Yeah. Because at first I was like, oh, if you believe in any kind of religion, I was like, I don't understand what the point is in dealing with you. But as I got older and not even that much older, like literally just a couple of years. I was like, just dealing with people in general. I was like, a lot of these people just want to do good. And Oh yeah, hundred percent. And people don't all necessarily have the means to do good in the same way as no. everyone else. But that doesn't mean they're not good people. So why not take good for what it is, I guess, for the lack of a better word or phrase or sentence. And try to push it as far as you can and try to spread it and try to help other people, uh, I guess is what I would say about it. As long as you're not forcing anyone else to bend to what you believe in and you're not infringing on anyone else's rights, if you can help anyone else out and you're willing to do it, then why not? Well, especially when it comes to feeding people. I think we see in this country a lot of the drive that started around Thanksgiving. And start and then begin and then culminate with Christmas Yeah, it's and more Easter. of a holiday kind of thing. It is because that seems to be when people gather together and celebrate, even though they don't realize that they're celebrating the winter solstice or the, celebrating the spring solstice or whatever the fuck it yeah. is. I don't care what you call it. Yeah. Right action is right action every single time. And if your goal is to feed people and make sure they don't starve to death, I think that's the way That's the way to go. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. Um I, when you go through this evolution where you go from being programmed as a very young person to espouse the beliefs, the beliefs, excuse me, of your parents, it becomes very difficult because you're already pre-programmed to say, hey, listen, this is the church that I go to or the religious organization I go to, and this is what I believe. And then you're challenged on that once you get to a certain age, be it middle school, or like you said about biology, like for like biology was a big was a big class where you're getting into evolution and you're getting to the changing of different species across the spectrum on this planet. It doesn't it it's no longer Adam and Eve. It's no longer the fairy tale that you were told. But there's an evolution to where you are like, I'm pissed off because I was lied to, for example. I'm lied to I don't, I don't, I don't agree nor believe with the religious tenets that I was brought up to believe in, or uh, people in my uh, in my circle are believing in. To where you get to, listen, I don't agree with it. I don't think there's anything out there. 
and that's fine. But you were using it as motivation to do what is right and take care of people. And this has been a very good test to see which organizations really do give a shit about people. And I will be the first one to commend the Salvation of Army because, because they were the first ones to get out there and start offering lunches and dinners to people whose kids were out of school because, you know, this. What, no matter what I feel about the public school system, a lot of kids get their hot meals from the schools. The Salvation Army was one of the first ones to come forward and say, listen, any of the folks in the community that are having a tough time with feeding their kids, come on over. We got a line going. Please come see us. We want to feed your kids. We want to take care of your kids. I've, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you're motivated by Christ to do that, I think that's great. If you're motivated by Allah or Yahweh or Elohim or Yehoshua or however you want to translate whatever it is that's in charge of the universe according to you, I think that that's wonderful. Uh, it's strange. These organizations do these things on a regular basis regardless of there being an existing pandemic or an existing situation that prevents quote the state from providing for children these organizations regularly provide for people uh the salvation is salvation are being one of them uh, i'm not a fan of the catholic church but catholic charities does a hell of a lot of good work and i think a lot of the problem with our fellow atheists or agnostics as you would as i would say is that you get hung up on, well, they're motivated by the wrong ideas because but there is no God. Fuck that shit. Does it necessarily matter what you're motivated by as long as the end goal is the same? No, I don't think so. Because Nazis are gonna are not going to hand out lunches to anybody unless they're white Anglo-Saxon Protestants and believe the fucking ridiculous shit that they believe in. Right, they want to support their own cause. Correct. These people, the Salvation Army or uh, the St. Vincent de, de Paul Society, they'll help you pay your gas bill, if I'm not mistaken. My ex-wife you had experience having, uh, not only getting groceries for herself and her kids, but getting her gas bill paid if she didn't have the money. Really? And she was a fucking... Uh, 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 a succubus of the highest order, and I'm not saying that as a it's a fact. She used the Saint Saint Vincent de Paul Society to pay her bills, even though she had Louis Vuitton bags and fucking uh, Coach purse, purses and all that sort of shit. She still used them, and they were so non-judgmental that they were willing to help her pay her gas bill. Um. I think there's a lot to be said about the organizations like that. And maybe maybe it's a softening of the atheist heart. I'm not so sure. I don't think it is, but I think it's an acknowledgement that your goal as an organization or maybe as an individual is to help people regardless if they agree with you or not. Well, I mean, what is the goal? Like, if there is any goal to being an atheist, like, are you out to just prove other people wrong or are you out to try to convert people to your co sorry excuse me out to convert people to your cause or isn't, are you out to try and do good but isn't there something to say about a religious organization that does help your kid not starve during a shutdown in quote government services i.e. schools that that oh you know what i'll go to church there for easter because they gave a shit about my kid sure there's a there's a public angle to that there's a publicity angle to that this is true However, I don't think, I, again, I harp on the Salvation Army. 
they all that I ever see them do is operate fucking cans in the stores to feed fucking people during Christmas time. And right now they've been feeding people during the shutdown of this uh, happy quarantine that we're going through. Uh, which is unprecedented in our history. Like yeah. we're living through it right like, now. I keep saying I've never seen anything like it, but honestly, I don't think any American has ever seen anything. Not even during like the Spanish this. flu. Yeah, it didn't even happen. Like which, we were just recovering after World War One. Yeah, and I think the Spanish flu killed more people than World War One did. And yeah, I mean, they, I guess the basically, I don't want to say this is fact, but I'd say roughly every hundred years, there's something like this that happens, and everybody. I want to say more toward January was like, oh, what's going to happen this year? What's going to happen this year? And it's like, hey, now it's fucking happening. Like, Remember, what's up? like what was the meme? <laughs> what was the meme, Randy, where they were uh, the roaring? We want the roaring 20s back. Like, oh, Prohibition's oh, yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, Prohibition's back. There's a viral infection. <laughs> it's exactly. That's, hey, listen, careful what you wish for, I guess. But. We wanted the automatic machine guns. We wanted the flappers. We wanted the cool shit. It's funny about the gun control aspect is they called uh, Thompson's, which shot 45, uh, there's some machine guns, 45 ACP. They called them gangster guns. Well, I mean, that was... That's how they banned them. That's how those weapons were banned. Back in the 1920s, that's how they banned them? Correct. The Chicago typewriter. They called them gangster guns. So now the new pejorative is assault rifle. So the same group of progressives who... Uppercase P, let's say, not lowercase, like someone like yourself or someone. Not, not, not to put you in that category. Because well, no, but I mean, I feel like I do tend to lean more like. Uh, I don't think you do. I think you're more revolutionary than you are progressive because progressive means playing within the rules that are given to you as oh, opposed okay. to being an anarchist who says, I don't even need fucking rules. To do I don't the want right people thing. to tell me what to do. That throws you into the. But I don't want to camp. oppress other people. So, Once again, that that throws you firmly into the anarchist camp as opposed to a, a capital P progressive who wants the education, the 15,000 hours, the fucking government. Remember, progressives are just as patriotic as conservatives. They're enough. just as patriotic as conservatives, albeit with different uh, uh, means to the end. Okay. But the end being subservient to the state. Yeah, I don't want that. No, not at all. Nobody on this show, like nobody who hosts this show... <laughs> Like, I wouldn't let you on. Like, it's not going to happen. This is not the kind of show that you're going to do that. And honestly, it's kind of crazy that I got to this. Like, I never would have guessed that I would have come this far. Honestly. Well, right. We talked about that in a shitty audio episode. But Yeah, know, so it's... sorry for that, by the way. Everybody. Yeah, we all, we will all apologize for that. <laughs> it was uh, it took us a long time to get to, like, I, I had to buy a mixer, and I had to get the, the audio right, and I had to get the filters right. We're all fucking. We're in the words of of, of Walter Sobchak from uh, The Big Lebowski. We're a bunch of fucking amateurs, <laughs> and that's what we are. But uh, this isn't Joe Rogan, and you're not listening to the show. Some of you are listening because you're friends or family of the show, and you're like you're trying to show support by fucking downloading a fucking episode, a couple episodes. By the way, we're close to 100. When we we get to 100, we're oh, gonna damn. have a party. Oh yeah. fuck! Yeah, we're almost. We'll there. drink even more than we have now. I'm fucking um, hammered right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm I'm fucking like, hammered. Uh, you're talking about all of our viewers and all I can think. Of. I showed this podcast to my mom and she's like, "Why the fuck does it sound <laughs> the way it does?" And she's like, "You didn't answer any of the questions I wanted you to." And I was like, "Well, I mean, we didn't necessarily set out to answer questions. It's more of a discussion piece, kind of a thing." Listen, to Randy's <laughs> mom. This is not. This is not that kind of show. 
This is not Rogan. I figured I'd try to show it to her just because she was interested in another podcast. You know, (laughs) I appreciate everybody that downloads and listens. Um, Oh, 100%. I'm going to give you a couple of shout-outs here when we get to the end, and we're about uh, two hours and 30 minutes (laughs) into this this drunken shit show. I finished a bottle of fucking uh, Southern Comfort, and I am well fucking lubricated, my friends. But uh, how many? Hey, we've still got some Jameson. We still got some Jameson left. So that means the show's gonna. Go, the show goes on. <laughs> the show will the show, go on. Yeah, just like the Wolf of Wall Street. The show goes on. I'm not leaving. Not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Um, I think that uh, we talked about it in uh, we talked about it in the uh, in the initial episode where we talked about what led you towards anarchism, and um, <laughs> it's almost a breaking of programming, and I think a lot of people. I, in my graduate cohort, mo- the majority of the students that I that I'm friends with, and I mean that very, uh, very kindly, friends with, want to get into federal work, want to get into trying to quote change the system from the inside. And there's not enough I can say that tells you unless you like to fuck little kids, you're not going to make a difference. If this system exists to protect. I hate to sound like an ancom. But it, it exists to protect the wealthy and their assets. It does not exist to, to fucking facilitate justice for the minority. Who's the greatest minority on earth? Well, Ayn Rand, who is derided by many different corners of the liberty movement, she said the greatest minority in the world is the individual. If you Fair. don't care about the individual, you do not care about individual rights. I have a tendency to agree with her. Uh, I am not a fan of her work. I wouldn't call myself a Randian, uh, but I think that quote really resonates. And a lot of the last episode that we recorded about the tribute to International Women's Day and the uh, women in the Revol- revolutionary women in the yeah. movement. Most of those people that I covered, from Lucy Parsons to Kate Sharpley to Emma Goldman, yeah, are anarcho-communists, anarcho-communists. People you wouldn't necessarily align yourself with. Correct. But they still had a dedication to the individual. If you read Emma Goldman's work, she talks about... I can't speak to Lucy Parsons so much or Kate Sharpley or uh, Valserine de Clare. But I can tell you that Emma Goldman spoke a lot about the individual. Okay. And anarcho-communists found that anarcho-communism was the closest thing you could get between balance of the community and the individual. That's fine. I don't necessarily agree with them. But Emma seems, and may she rest in peace, Emma seems like the kind of lady I could have sit down and had a drink with and agreed with 90%, but departed on the economics. Okay. And depart, like, we as anarchists realize that there are, and Furman Supreme, and I can't say enough nice things about him, and it's not the boot, it's not the ponies. It's not the zombies. <laughs> I know that that shit's funny, and I get that. But is it really that much more outrageous than fuck me than the fucking clowns that are currently running for the fucking highest seat in the in, in, in the land? Listen, it's just what we're used to. It, it is just it's bread and circuses. That's all it is. And Vermin Supreme has the best pro liberty message of any candidate I've ever heard in my life. I'm not going to vote. Randy, I'm, I'm, I don't vote. Oh, I believe it. I don't vote. I don't choose masters for my neighbors. I don't choose masters for the public. I don't for believe the it's... the other 49%. It's not. I have no right... The other almost majority. Correct. I have no right to choose people to rule over you. 
I am not. There is. I wish other people thought like that. So do I. But the thing is, is we're drilled into because it's like you could be choosing what your neighbor is allowed to do. But they you don't couch think, it like that. Like, oh, fifty-one percent. That's uh, that's a majority. Yeah. Okay. So by this much. Yeah, by a cunt hair. <laughs> yeah, Excuse basically. my language. But I don't think that that's right, and I think that we are conditioned to, even in a republic like the United States of America, where it's supposed to be governed by the rule of law, we encounter the word democracy with a, a capital uh, a capital D, a lowercase d. Either way, it's a D. You're getting the D. You're getting fucked. And 41, 51, excuse me, 51% over 49% is still 49% of the population who's not fucking happy. Still a very large A massive, major, massive minority. The biggest percentage you ha- can have that is not the majority. I, if you're thinking about it that way. I am not. That's Michael Malice talked about this. Again, he gets referenced and will continue to get referenced in this show on a regular basis. He said that that's one of the reasons why he's an anarchist, because he is not qualified to tell you how to live. And I have to second his thoughts, and I have to reaffirm his beliefs. I, J. Colo, am not qualified to tell Randy or anyone else how to live. It is absolutely... And again, this is an evolution, because 15,000 hours of public education is very hard to break. But once you do, and Randy and I talked about this privately uh, on the phone, where it's almost like the Matrix. Once you see the zeros and the ones and the numbers crawling across the screen, you can never go back to what you were. And sometimes I honestly, sometimes honestly I wish I could just because it seemed like a simpler time. It was so much easier. But now, thinking about everything, it's like there's no possible way for me to just turn a blind eye to it no none none especially when you know i and rand again i'll go back to her she wrote the fountainhead uh she wrote atlas shrugged she was a she was a minarchist meaning that she was for the courts the police and the military three things i'll never agree with because they all get paid by the same fucking individuals but she said uh, and i'm paraphrasing she said that the greatest minority on earth is the individual and if you don't care for individual rights you don't you have no concern for the minority and i think there's a lot of truth to that and i think that's lost on a vast majority of the population the voting population of this country we hear democracy oh uh mr trump is a child is 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 destroying our democracy is i christ almighty i wish i'm not a fan of democracy and i know that that's hearsay for a lot of people maybe <laughs> listening Democracy, Mr. Uh, Mr. Franklin argued that m- democracy was two wolves and a sheep arguing over what's for dinner. I have no, no desire to be in that discussion. And I mean that as soberly as the day is long. It is not anybody's decision to rule over you. And we have been taught through progressive education of 15,000 hours of public education that this is your civic duty. This is how you get recruiters in the high school. This is how you get kids to go fight. Yeah. We only have two choices. Yeah. That's it. The parent. That's You might one. not like what's going to happen, but you only have two choices. Correct. You called on this before, and I think it's brilliant. But we do have choices, and if we can um, 
I have a son that's 17 years old and I was getting messages from recruiters uh, because my uh, my kid didn't have the phone at the time. And of course, now I worry that he does because I don't know. Like I told him, I said, you don't sign any fucking paperwork. You're still not able to make decisions on your own. My parents were the same way, and I tried as hard as I could to keep them out of the decision-making process. But I get it. Now, looking back, I'm glad that they fought as hard as they did to try and persuade me. But that's that's a parent's job. And the problem is, is when you have a anarchist parent or even a skeptic, let's put it that way, someone who is not 100% sure. Which it's always good to have a skeptic. Of course, because it ca- it brings the balance to the discussion, to the argument. Yeah. My, I have no desire for anybody's children, present company included, to go fight rich people's wars. I know that sounds very anarcho-communist of me, but the fact of the matter is that's who is making the call. Yeah, the the, <laughs> it's not the it's not the people at the top that are going to fight. It never, never is. It's never been never. the people at the top that are going to fight. You're a punk rock guy, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. There's a great band. They're more of an oi band. They're Angelic Upstarts. Uh, they had a song called Never Again. And one of the lyrics, it goes, General, general at the top of the hill, middle class man whose blood won't spill, kept out of action, out of harm's way, because they, they won't see Tommy's day, because they're talking about World War One. Yeah. Because it had such a massive impact on the British psyche. Yeah. The Angelic Upstarts are very left wing. But they, they, and that's another thing too. That's a wonderful thing about being an anarchist is you kind of are at a buffet where you get to choose all of the different flavors you want to pick from. And that's why I never pick an adjective like, oh, are you an anarcho capitalist? Well, I reject the, 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 the term capitalist because that already has negative connotations that were invented by Karl Marx. Karl Marx was the one who, who came up with the phrase capitalist. I'm a free market guy. I'm an agorist. I'm, I'm, I'm for the open market. Uh, that's it. That that's that's where it ends. But these bands, specifically the angelic upstarts, we're talking about people who are in a privileged class, walk, watching working class. Like I remember, uh, medals and statues are no compensation for working class heroes who died for you. Uh, that really stuck with me as a twenty year old. That's what. And now, mind you, I had a progression. I think we talked about this. In our shitty audio episode two, where where we talked about our evolution, and I went from being a socialist, a hard leftist. I was I was a communist at heart, but I was a socialist by a card. I had a little red card that said "Workers of the Workers of the World Unite." I was a Marxist. I really believed in this class warfare and how rich people do send kids off to to go die for the causes of uh, of the ruling class. And you get away from that as you make your evolution to a conservative and then you make your evolution towards a libertarian and eventually you make your uh, transition, at least for me, to become an anarchist. But you know what? The, Marxist, the, the, the left wasn't wrong. That the rich do send the poor to go fight their stupid fucking wars for no reason. Oh, 100%. They now were, they offer education in exchange for yeah, it. Yeah, ooh, you know, go to college. Great. You know, we'll fuck your body up and your mind up. We'll give you PTSD or shell shock or whatever cute little fucking name we want to give it. Yeah. That we've been, you know, that we've been treating people like shit, by the way, for over 100 years because they get fucked up on the battlefield because of stupid politicians that send these kids to go fight and die. Hey, it's not service-related. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Like we talked about our friend that was uh, that uh, was in the Rangers, that his body was broken 
They were willing to throw every fucking opiate, Randy, that you could fucking shake a stick at. Yeah. Just take all the drugs. Please get yourself fucking hooked. Get your stoned. Nice and easy. You're still depending on the system Correct. in some way, shape, or form. These are all rich people that make these decisions. I think it's important, Randy, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think it's important to say who had it right. I don't agree with the anarcho-communists as far as their economics are concerned. I have no desire to share co- property in common. I have no desire to share my my spouse, my personal property, unlock my fucking doors, and not have guns. Oh, yeah. I'm not interested in that. Privacy is a big part. You should have that. Correct. However, if you want to live like that, that is entirely your decision. I still feel more comfortable siding with an anarcho-communist than I do a fucking Democrat. Because the one thing the anarcho-communists and I have in common is we know who the real fucking enemy is. Who sends poor people to go do the fucking, uh, do the bidding of the rich who want to collect the fucking, the minerals and the natural resources of the countries that this country nation builds in. It's hard for people to, this is the fucking problem that I have is that a lot of people have a hard time admitting when they're wrong. And for I mean, lot, everyone does. It's a pride thing. It is a pride thing. But like the conservatives, for example, you killed a million fucking Iraqis. When are you going to come to terms with that? This fucking war in, in Afghanistan, that fucking peace treaty that lasted a day and four hours? Yeah, it was not very long. Jesus Christ. 19 years of occupying those people Almost are Almost my entire life, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. The majority of your life. For what fucking reason? For the, for the fucking heroin trade? For the poppy? For the precious metals? The minerals that were there? Sure, we can throw as many poor Americans that we can fucking tempt with the carrot of free college. You know, Bernie Sanders doesn't have a lot going for him. I'm not a fan of the guy. I'm not a fan of any of them. Yeah. But Bernie said it best. He's like, you know, we've got plenty of money for bombs, but we don't have enough. We don't have enough money for college, or school, or whatever, or or medical care. I mean, honestly, especially with what's going on right now with the whole quarantine thing, the whole possible suspension of rent, the whole possible suspension of student loan payments. It's like we could have been doing this the entire time. But why does a tragedy have to bring that to the light? Yeah. Why does it take a we're just now trying to give people sick leave. We're just trying now to keep social distancing a thing. Uh, right. While exactly. everyone else is quarantined. Yeah. But no. Uh, oh, yeah. And that's the biggest thing I think uh, a lot of people my age are sharing is like, hey, why couldn't we have been doing this the entire time? It's well, a great people question. have been begging for help. People have been begging for assistance. People have been begging for any way to just scrape by. And they're like, nah, fuck you. Like, we can't do it. No. But now, all of a sudden, it's so fucking easy. Oh, that's right. How does it, like, how does it transfer so easily from one to another? What that's is different right now? Other than the fact that a lot of people can't work. It's like, is the, is the stock market the deciding factor of how well our nation is doing. Well, again, that's a confidence um, barometer, but that is a rich people's game. It's a game that neither you nor I nor the majority of our peers are able to get involved in. Yeah, I've never been involved in it. (laughs) And again, it goes back to before we got fucking hammered. 
Yeah, we talked fuck, about. Sorry, everyone. No, <laughs> I'm not sorry. I'm I'm gonna pay for it tomorrow, but right now I'm enjoying oh, myself. Oh fuck! I can already feel tomorrow coming. Randy, uh, I can't even feel my back pain. My I'm back out. has hurt for months, <laughs> which I know doesn't probably sound long for you, but my back has hurt for a very long time, and yeah. I'm only like 23. Yeah, this is not good. <laughs> it's not good. But I'll tell you what, man. Like this. This situation cannot endure forever, and maybe this will be the straw that breaks the back of the camel. I'm not sure. I doubt it because the you know Mr. Trump kind of cut off the liberals or the left wingers by by offering to send $1,200 checks, even though the stupid populace, and I mean this in the kindest way possible, the average voter who doesn't have time to consider where the source of their money comes from doesn't understand. Like there's jokes like. Pete Raymond did it. Sal Mayweather did it on Twitter. I can't say enough nice things about Sal or the anarchist community on Twitter. But they called it out and they said, you know, it's like, you know, a money machine go brrrr. Yeah, I shared that meme. And I appreciate it. <laughs> People don't understand that their their money's fiat. Like, how many Americans don't understand that their money is not backed by one single ounce of precious metals? Yeah. I mean, how many of these people walk around today thinking their money's worth something? It's merely a promissory note. It's a promissory note that we guarantee that we're going to honor the value of whatever it is you're carrying in your pocket. But right now is a very critical time. The stock market, as much as I hate it because it's a rich people's game, nonetheless is still, like we said at the beginning of this podcast, is still a barometer for public confidence. And right now that confidence is in the toilet. It's not doing very well. What bothers me is we may be in a situation where we may... I saw an article on Drudge that talked about how we may never get back to what we used to have as far as eating in restaurants and the very carefree lifestyle. I can't tell you, Randy, how much I despise that thinking because I already miss it. I can't wait to see yeah. fucking double-A baseball in person for $10 a head. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Seriously. So, so what was ex- – explain to me exactly what it was that you may never see again. Uh, you may never see uh, dining the way you see it as far as seated in a restaurant with over 100 different strangers that – Think about, like, the Japanese steakhouses where you all sit together as strangers. Okay, like the hibachi grills? Correct, okay. like the Benihana right. stuff. Yeah. You may never see that ever again. But why? Exactly. Why? No, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the question I have for everything is, but why? But honestly, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, because there's nothing to make sense of it because it's all about control. It's all about making sure that individuals lockstep and they make sure that... The thing is, is when you become an anarchist, when you became a lowercase libertarian in the in the traditional uh, classical sense that the French revolutionaries like Proudhon uh, had, where you're a libertarian, met, was synonymous with being an anarchist, is that you're very skeptical of anything that comes out of the mainstream. Okay, the, anything that comes out of the, the out of the corporate press. And the, who is saying none of this will be the same? It was on Drudge Report today. It was on Drudge Report yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still up there, but the article said how this virus and the response of the state is going to perpetually change how we interact with each other. And I want to defy that. Uh, I really want others... I want to defy that as well without even knowing all the information. There you go. Why, why is that important to you? I mean, 
I don't understand how... I mean, one, people haven't even been able to comply with all of the rules so far. But I don't see, like, let's see. We're here together right now. Yes. And I've already said that potentially I might have been exposed. Correct. So, well, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to live in a disease-free workplace because there's the chance that I have been exposed and you have decided to have me on here nonetheless, which is uh, it. we still are working well within the means of the It's a risk I'm willing past. to take. Yes. Uh, so it's all within – everybody has consensually agreed to work with one another. For sure. But I don't see how things will never be the same ever again. I don't see how – I don't see how it would be so – I don't see how it would be so hard to go from. I'm trying to think of the best. That's no, all right, this. man. Take no, it's time okay. to get it out. Um, I know we talked beforehand about how things were before the coronavirus outbreak and how things would be afterward, and how we thought that, regardless of how this turns out, whether this happens to be the end of civilization as we know it, or if this happens to be just another quarantine that actually works out and ends up working in the favor of the people that enacted it, that we don't spread it any further, that everything could kind of go back to normal. I don't think that everything would go back to the way it was before all of this started. You don't think it will be? I don't think it... The government is now in charge of so much that it wasn't originally in charge of that I for some reason feel it wouldn't be very easy for them to cede that control back to the people. We're not allowed to assemble in groups of larger than what, 10 people right Correct. now yep. without some sort of religious purpose. And even with religious purposes, whether I agree with those religious purposes or not, you, know, that's you can only have so many people. Uh, someone is still in charge of what you can do or what you can say. And I feel like once it goes so far in that direction, even if everything that happened uh, quarantine-wise, even if all of that were to go back to normal, we were about to live life the way we were previously before all of this coronavirus uh, nonsense. Well, I don't want to say nonsense because it is a pretty legitimate No, I understand thing. what you're saying. But though. I don't necessarily think it would be so easy to go back to the way things were before. Yeah, because for sure. The government was able to assume a certain level of responsibility and control over everyone. And it's like, all right, this is what people are willing to work with. This is what people are willing to live with. Sure. This, so, is, what, this is what people are willing this is to what surrender. Can, yeah, yeah, that is what people are willing to surrender. This is what people are willing to live with under these constraints. Correct. So once this is over, why not keep it this way? Because they'll say it's just to prevent another thing like this ever happening again. I agree. But in reality, it's just them having an extra leg up on the common people of the world. So it's just another way we're at a disadvantage compared to the ruling class or the government, whatever you want to call it. It's hard to argue your point. In fact, I, I would be hard-pressed to find an argument against your point. One thing I try to do regularly is trying to find the uh, the angle with the statist is trying to um, push upon 
the commons, if you will. Okay. Meaning you and I and many others like us, colorless individuals below a certain economic strata. And I think you're 100% right because this authority that they have, for example, in the state that you and I reside in. It gets stronger every day. It gets stronger every day. And also, people didn't even question a gubernatorial authority, a, uh, I don't know, an order issued by the governor to close private businesses. I understand if you close a DMV. A DMV is a government-run institution. Correct. But they're closing restaurants, privately owned, publicly owned, whatever. They're They're closing bars. They're closing hair salons. They're closing everything deemed non-essential. But who gets decide? Who gets to decide what is essential versus non-essential? Yeah. It's not us. It's the government. Correct. This is a very troubling time for the liberty movement. It's and a gray area, one hundred percent. It is a gray area because it's not black and white at this point. Because we the, obviously don't want to spread whatever is going on, right? And that's being exploited. But at the same time, it's like, how much can they take and run with? As much as we'll allow them to. And fear is such a powerful motivator for individuals. When they're scared, it's amazing. Like your friend who is begging, arguably a political enemy, to lock them or weld them inside their apartment or their house. Because we can't trust everyday people. To quarantine themselves and stay away from other people. There's an issue of Boy Who Cried Wolf here. Because 10 years ago, 11 years ago, it was SARS. And um, intermittently, it was West Nile virus. There was all sorts of things that were supposed to terrify us into submission. And people never listened. As far as they were concerned, like, you need to prove it. Now, again, this, thankfully, this virus that is currently running haywire in our in our, in our our society with lowercase s uh, seems to be targeting people who have pre-existing conditions and who have compromised uh, um, immune systems, meaning old people. I, uh, with cancer, HIV, correct. anything like that. Yes. Correct. Anything that's uh, immunocompromised. All sort of colitis, even. 98% of people are going to survive. Survive, recover, and move on with their lives. That is an incredible... I mean, if you look at the Black Death, for example, that killed 50% of Europe's population. 50. 5-0. Not point zero five five zero. It's that a is, different beast entirely, but it's it still is. nothing to be played around with. It isn't anything to be play around with, Randy, but I would wager that almost like... The problem is, is once you cross over to the other side, everything becomes a conspiracy. Everything becomes a, what's your fucking angle? What are you trying to achieve with this? What power are you trying to grab from me? And that's the problem because those of us who are in the movement, those of us who know about Waco, those of us who know about Ruby Ridge, name them. Name Duncan Lemp, rest in peace. We are all always looking for that, fu- like, what are you fucking up to? Yeah, what are they working? Because everything is a power grab. For those of us in the movement, in the liberty movement, I won't call it the anarchist movement. You, we don't have to. The liberty movement. The, 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 the movement for individual freedom. 
Okay. Always will look at every government action. Like, what is your game that you're playing that you're trying? You said it yourself that what is it that they're not going to give back this time? What We're not going to be allowed to fucking eat in restaurants next? What is it? Yeah. Even the religious people whom I don't agree with on a, on a theological level have every goddamn right to organize and hang out in their little halls and sing psalms or whatever the fuck it is that you do. I don't care what it is. Yeah. You have every right as a free human being to gather like that, but you must assume the risk of being infected by people who are not as responsible as you think they should be. You know? Yeah. If you go to church, if you go to church, a synagogue, a mosque, a temple, whatever the fuck the religious uh, building is, I don't care. I have no stake in this game. If I'm sick, I don't go to work. Why? Because I have coworkers who have children. And I have coworkers who I care about, who I don't, I A, want to get them sick, and B, don't want to get their kids sick because they're sick. It's called social responsibility. It's called individual responsibility. And once again, the, the ANCOMs can laugh and the anarcho-syndicalists can laugh. Non-aggression principle means something. And when people abandon that, I think we get into some serious, some serious troubled ground. Some serious... Um, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. Again, I'm trashed. But the point is, like, you're really treading on dangerous territory where you're abandoning your concern for your fellow human being. If you're sick, you stay at home. Well, again, we talk. I tried to talk about this earlier, and I know that you're receptive to it. This fucking work ethic that we have as Americans, we get shit on on a regular basis by the what rest of the world is saying that we're out of shape, that we're fat, that we're lazy. That might be true. But the vast majority of this country, regardless of their physical condition, shows up to work. Yeah. Is that out of fear of losing their job? Probably. Probably. Is it out of fear of not having enough money to pay the rent or the mortgage? Yeah, probably. probably. Do the Europeans have an advantage of us? I want to call it an advantage, but they do have something to hang their hat on that we don't. And I think Mr. Trump... I. This is only going to help him is cutting a $1,200 check per person saying, listen, we close businesses. I'm sorry about that. Here's some money. Now, it's all fiat. The, the, the economy is in hyperinflation state right now. This is right all now. money we taxed you for anyway. Correct. It's your money anyway. But we're going to give you a portion of it back. I don't know how that's going to affect your W-2 when you go to file next year in 2021. I'm not sure. That's up to your tax <laughs> Nobody, professional. Nobody's planning that for it. No, they're not, and that's stuff that I think about. But again, I am not as concerned. Like, there are people who will fight you. Like, they will barricade their houses over taxes. That's a war you're not going to win. You are outfunded, you are outnumbered, and you are outgunned by the people who are paid with the very taxes you paid who will kill you, your dog, and your children, no matter what. Unfortunate. Ask, ask the Branch Davidians, may they rest in peace, and I mean that sincerely. Look at the angle of power grab. Always, I, I I really believe you hit on it, and it's funny how across the board, no matter what flavor of anarchism we choose to ingest, the majority of us will always look at the state with a sneering suspicion. What are you up to? How are you playing this? And what are you trying to take away from yeah, me? What's the angle? What's, what's the, the angle? Yeah. The average voter, Randy, does not give a fuck about that. They just want to be safe. I have no concern for safe. 
eventually this game all ends and we all end up fucking dead in the incinerated. Like we either get incinerated or we end up in a funeral home. They put you in a box in the ground in yeah. worms food. All of this ends the same way. It doesn't matter. But while we're here, I don't want to be ruled over. And if and while I'm being ruled over against my will, I'm going to call you out and see what the fuck is your angle. Like like I talked about it before with the gangster guns, quote unquote. Well, that was about making sure Italian Americans in a certain group of people didn't have access to firearms that could fight the fucking police that were telling them they couldn't fucking consume alcohol. The alcohol that we're drinking right now. Yeah. Whiskey. We, we've drank plenty of. Right? I'm hammered. I, yeah, same. Yeah, it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> I hope, like, this is over three hours. Yeah, we're way. still making, like, coherent sentences. It's a miracle. It's bro. ridiculous. But... I'm I'm ready to pass out. It's fucking unbelievable. <laughs> but these are the people that told you you couldn't consume alcohol. They're the same people that tell you they can't smoke reefer. They're the same people that tell you that you can't use hallucinogenics to cure your PTSD. Yeah, bullshit. Who the fuck gave you the authority to tell me that? I agree. I agree. Whatever it is that takes Just because you, I was born after you were does not mean that you have any more authority over me. I have so much time to figure all this correct. shit out. Cop Block. C-O-P-B-L-O-C-K. Cop Block was the one... Like, uh, J.P. Freeman is the guy out of Keene... New Hampshire that would argue with the state police and the local police where he's like, I'm in charge of my own safety. You don't fucking tell me where to stand. You don't tell me where, because he would film police interactions with the hoi polloi, with the public. And he would pass out cards making sure people understood their rights. Do not fucking talk. Do not say anything. Don't agree to a search. Don't, all of the quote constitutional rights that you were supposed to have as an individual. Yeah. Wonderful work. Copblock.org, C-O-P-B-L-O-C-K.org. Wonderful people, friends of the show, friends of humanity, friends of the people. Uh, he he did a great job because the problem is is that the the majority of the America of American citizens, it seems, I will say it seems, want to be comfortable. They they're not concerned with their rights. Like for example, you have plenty of people justifying why they in certain states should have to register a firearm. Why they should tell the government what they have, how many, uh, what kind of firearm it is, what kind of caliber it is. You and I are from a state, um, unfortunately a state, but at least a state that recognizes you have absolutely no obligation to fucking tell anybody what you have. Is it as good as it should be? No, it needs to be even better. When I mean... Like, I don't know, I can't speak on your behalf, but when I mean gun rights, I mean my ability to go to Walmart and buy a fully automatic machine gun. Yeah. No, I mean, a lot of people disagree with me, but any gun law, like you said earlier, is an infringement. And 100%. One of the, one of the funniest things I think I've seen in the last week is, uh, it was honestly, it was a meme. And it was about how all of the ant- previously anti-gun people are turning toward the whole pro-gun uh, population. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, you mean I can't buy a gun Isn't and that have something? it shipped directly to my house the way it was portrayed to me by the media? Like, it's not that fucking easy for me to just have a fucking gun? No, Correct. of course it's not that fucking easy. Like, Well said. There might not be the constraints that you thought were going to be against it, but it's not like, oh, yeah, I can just buy any gun I want off the Internet and have it shipped to my house. No, you still have to have a background check. You still have to get checked out. Mm -hmm. It's not that easy. (laughs) It's crazy. 
because people think it's like, oh yeah, it's just like any other thing I can order off of Amazon. I can just have it shipped directly to my house and I can use it however I see fit. That's not how it goes. If only. You have to have it sent to someone with an FFL. You have to have it sent to someone that is a licensed distributor of firearms. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I mean, you might disagree with me, but I do not think it should even be that. I think you should be able to be able to... Fuck alcohol oh my god you should be able to just order them off the internet and be like yeah fuck it ship no it argument. right to my house no argument that's here. what this that's what this nation was raised on at least <laughs> like the the idea is that whatever the state has to use against you as an individual i should be able to answer you with the exact same amount of force oh yeah and um and people don't agree with that. No, they don't. In fact, because they're bootlickers and because they think that the state is going to provide them with protection should the ice cream social take place and the breakdown of society happens. Let me be the first one to tell any of you that really believe that, that the that the blue line is going to protect you. They're going to protect their families. Yeah. The people that you want to count on are the people that are talking to you now who really give a shit about the people. Again, I'm a friend of the people. I'm a friend of the people, uh, whether I agree with you politically or not, whether you're left or right or conservative or Catholic or Protestant or Muslim or Jewish or atheist or whatever the fuck it is that you choose. If you are about the individual, if you're about individual liberty and you're about individual sovereignty over your own affairs, yeah, we are friends. The economics mean nothing. It's me. You, the th- oh, sorry. No, no, it's okay. I just I think that too many people get caught up in our movement over economics, like the Emma Goldman thing that we talked about that was on a Revolutionary Women podcast last week. Rest in peace, all of them. These are brave women. None of them, by the way, whether it was Voltaire de Clare, whether it was Lucy Parsons, an anarcho-communist, was Emma Goldman, an anarcho-communist. I don't agree with them uh, economically, but politically, you should read what Emma Goldman had to say about the individual. It would make any conservative blush as far as her concern for the individual. Okay. I don't care about the economics. I care about how you view people. I care about how you view an individual. That is paramount. And we don't have enough of that because, unfortunately, 15,000 hours of fucking public education, government schooling, has taught you to care about the collective. I'm not interested in collective. You know, George Carlin said it best. You know, he was ahead of his time, Randy. He was really, really... May he rest in peace. We miss him. He talked about... There's a great interview. I, I believe it was posted on the Use Guys and that podcast page on Twitter. That's at Use Guys Pod, where uh, it was posted about how he felt. He was like, even the weird people on an individual basis are great. Individuals on their own are great. He doesn't like groups. Now, granted, as we as our anarchists are are, are grouped in, well, yeah, but you're not understanding that there are various factions within our group. We all think very differently about how we view economics. The thing, and Vermin Supreme, and I can't say enough nice things about him because, once again, you get past the boot, the ponies, and the fucking uh, zombie apocalypse. (laughs) He has the most pro-liberty individualistic position. He knows he's he's not going to win. Because the because the press or whoever or the system will he not prevent. He knew that going it. in though. Of course he did. He's trying to bring attention to the fact that for him, like you brought it up yourself, the Liberty Train has many stops. That's what Vermin Supreme said about our movement. He has a big tent. He's cool with ANCOMs. He's cool with ANCAPs, even though ANCAPs and ANCOMs are equally ridiculous. 
um, agorists, uh, anarchists without adjectives, libertarians with lowercase l. We're all in the same boat because we have a common enemy, right? The villain is the state. You don't like I won't go after anarcho-communists on, on fucking Twitter because I, I don't like to go after my own. They're not my own on economics, not by a long shot. I'm a private property guy. I'm a personal property guy. I have, I don't want to share anything in common that I don't want to. But. However, they believe in the same thing, that coercion is evil. Yeah. How can I argue with that? You can't. No, not at all. They're a friend of the people. Anarcho-communists are a friend of the people. And caps, even though they're just as misled as their fucking communist counterparts, because the word capitalism is already ruined. It was, it was created by Karl Marx, for fuck's sake. Yeah, like, like he said. You're already on a losing battle. I'm a free market. I'm a free market anarchist. I can, I can hang out with the ANCAPs. I can hang out with the mutualists. I can hang out with the anarcho-communists. Because one thing that unites us all is the villain has the same name. It's the state. It's the state. It's the state. And people don't... How many people have to die by the hands of government before people realize who their real enemy is? How many? 200 million? How many more million do we need to go through? How many more million people need to die in gas chambers or gulags or Japanese internment camps in the United States of America during the Second World War? Yeah, no one's innocent. Nobody. So how many people? Just give me a number. Give me a number that I can play with because I guarantee you the government will get there eventually. All governments will get there eventually. The Khmer Khmer Rouge, the fucking communists in in, in Vietnam, the United States of America, all Western countries, Eastern Bloc countries, name it, and I'll give you the number. There's a great book called The Black Book of Communism. It's derided by the left, the hard left in this country, uh, the card-carrying communists and socialists saying, oh, well, you know, this is a biased work. You know, the people that wrote that are French socialists. I own that book. It's 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 upstairs in my library. It's called The Black Book of Communism. It was written by French leftists talking about how much they hated communism and how communism communism was was uh, responsible for 100 million deaths. 100 million human beings don't exist anymore because of that fucking ideology. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's, well, look, Stalin was right. One death is a tragedy. A million is a statistic. statistic. He wasn't wrong. Yeah, it's incomprehensible. It is. It is incomprehensible. But again, when we talk about like we're educated, like you know, my country tis of thee and sweet land of liberty. Correct. Well, I, you know, I pledge these to the flag. All this other fucking shit. I don't tell you about the Tuskegee experiment. I don't no. Tell you how they fucking infected black folk. Nope. Because they weren't human, according to the state. They don't. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about what they did to the fucking Indians or Native Americans. They don't talk about all of those things or how when, I hate to tell conservatives, but when the Constitution was ratified, if you weren't white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant, and a fucking man, we weren't interested in what you had to say. You shut the fuck up and go sit down. You know, if you're Jewish or Catholic or black, Good fucking luck to you. You know what I mean? Again, when people say, like, I'm proud of my country or I'm proud or I love the country, what's one, like, what, this is one for Randy. What do you love about America? Randy's the kind of guy who say, what do you mean by America? Do you mean it's people? I love our people. 
I love all of them. They're, they're, we have an awesome collection from across the globe, many different flavors of ice cream. We all have different cultures. We all fucking we mind our own business. We try not to hurt each other. We like to congregate on our own. But that's not what they mean, Randy. You know what they mean. When they say, what do you love about your country? They mean, what do you love about your government? That's the bottom. And that's a problem. That's the bottom line, and that is a problem. That people get the two confused. Well, of course they do, because love of country, like, what is it, Mark Twain? I remember, was it Modern Warfare 3 when we were kids? It was like Mark Twain said, loving your uh, like, a patriotism is loving your country no matter what, and your government when it deserves it. Well, when has the government deserved any love whatsoever? The answer is never. The answer is never, because they're in a constant state of warfare between us and them. Fair enough. Because they do they exist? Your right, for example, you were talking about firearms, for example, that you lost in a tragic boating accident, just like me. Yeah, it's crazy how it, often it happens. The anarchist community is very, very susceptible to boating accidents. Those boat, those weapons are like the right to bear arms. I don't need a Second Amendment. I don't need it. No. I, it it pre-exists my existence as an individual. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's semi-automatic, fully automatic. No, it's a firearm, nonetheless. Correct. That's it. Now, when people like because people are like, "Oh, let's go all the way back." It only covered muskets. It's like, well, your First Amendment doesn't just cover typewriters and fucking newspapers. <laughs> You're right. Ink, ink your wells. First Amendment's covered under the goddamn internet. Yeah. Uh, the airwaves, whatever you like. I mean, whatever you want to apply it to. It's your speech correct. in any form that it comes out of you. This podcast. It is covered. This podcast especially. Yes. So 100%. how is the Second Amendment? Like You can't put it to the same test that you're trying to no. put everything out. No, it, it doesn't you're matter. You're boxing it in at that point. Um, I'm hammered. I oh, think- same. But I still feel like that makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense because... The um, we were talking about in my graduate class, and my my fellow graduate students would listen to this pie if they're going to stick around for the three hours and twenty minute mark. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, it's been a long one. <laughs> That's crazy. I'm so sorry. We everyone. talked about <laughs> three specific cultures. We talked about face culture. We talked about dignity culture, and we talked about honor culture. This was a specific topic that I had to cover based upon readings of all three and determine on my own logic what was best for, quote, democracy. Now, automatically, I'm not a fan of democracy because, again, it's two wolves and a sheep arguing oh, yeah, what's been for dinner. But what's best is a dignity culture. Why? Because dignity culture acknowledges that your worth predates your existence. Your rights predate your existence. The idea that when you were born into this world, or myself, anybody else, you were born, it wasn't Thomas Jefferson, it wasn't James Madison, it wasn't Martha Luther King, it wasn't Malcolm X, it wasn't any of the great revolutionaries of the past who guaranteed your rights as an individual. You were born with them. The Constitution was supposed to merely acknowledge and enumerate those pre-existing rights. Now, of course, the founding fathers didn't get it right because black folk and Catholics and Jews and women were not welcome to join the club. However, now, as educated individuals, we realize that all human beings, regardless of sexual orientation, gender orientation, color, whatever, religious orientation, you were born. It doesn't require a state to acknowledge your rights. Never, never in your life 
Does it ever require a government to say, here are these rights. You can buy a gun. You can defend yourself. No, 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 no. I'm not asking you. outside of all of that. Correct. Once people begin to realize that, and conservatives, I thought, would be on the cusp of that because they're all into God and they're all into their fucking, oh, God, these are inalienable God-given rights. Well, who rules? Your God or the government? You need to pick one. You can't serve both. It definitely seems to be the government. It definitely seems to be the government. And the funny thing is is that you'll find religious uh, pastors, priests, and preachers all telling you, finding certain scripture to justify the bending of the knee to the state, whether it's Romans 13 or... um, uh, the Mormons, for example, have a uh, the Book of Mormon and the Great Pearl of Price, or whatever the Angel Moroni, whatever the fucking magical sunglasses, or whatever hat, golden plates. I don't mean any offense. I find all religion ridiculous. But they were told that, you know, you have an obligation to be subservient to the government. Well, according to Christ, you're supposed to be loyal to God. That's what Jesus would want. And Jesus, now, the funny thing is about the Gospels, we could go another two hours on this one, which I can't do. (laughs) I'm way too drunk for that. Yeah, I physically physically do not think I could do that. But it's funny when you read the words in red in the New Testament, which I own and I've read extensively, you can see where there's words interjected because Jesus Christ is very much a revolutionary. He whips the money changers. You know, he tells people that you are not supposed to, you know— be beholden to Caesar, the state, your kingdom is not of this earth, all this other great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. And this is me saying nice things about Christ. Crazy. Because, because Christ isn't a statist. Christ is a revolutionary. Now, the socialist, the capitalist, everybody seems to try. He's kind of like Elvis. Everybody tries to get... He try, he's half Irish. He fat, he's, half, he's half Italian. He's all these different fucking uh, tribes that we're all trying to get a hold of him. Same thing with Jesus, but Jesus was very much a revolutionary. Uh, is he left-wing? Is he right-wing? Well, that's your fucking problem to decide. For those of us, Jesus Christ is an anarchist because he was practicing medicine without a fucking, without a permit. You're no changing co-pays, wa- no. Yeah. Correct, yeah. <laughs> very transient lifestyle. Who told people that the kingdom is not of this earth. Great. That's wonderful. If we can get you anarchy, if we can get you, there's anarcho Christians that I'm friends with on Twitter who believe in no kingdom but Christ. I have more in common with them than I have any Republican or Democrat. I could tell you that right now. That's crazy how that works, though. Right? Isn't it, though? Because yeah. here I am, a godless heathen who wears, I have a fucking uh, a pendant of Odin's or a uh, Thor's hammer that, yeah. that hangs on my chest because. I'm a heathen, and I think I think uh, Odin and his uh, his uh, his son Thor are pretty fucking awesome. He's the thunder god, as they are. Very cool, about as real as the other gods. But I still think it's neat that we have something in common with each other, and I think that it's imperative for us to, as as anarchists, as revolutionaries, or whatever, we have to find those common denominators because they're going to go their own way if and when the the, the uh, ice cream social goes down. When we win. We're going to all go our separate ways, but we're going to have to establish commerce with each other. Like, it's a big joke about the anarcho communists. We need to find a topping to agree on. (laughs) This is well said. But the anarcho communists, we're going to have to fucking sell them bread at some point because they're going to run out. Same thing with the syndicalists. They're going to fucking end up running out with their fucking collectivist ideas. Maybe not. And I mean that 
sincerely. Like, I'm glad to help them. I, I have no beef with them at all. My but some be- groups are going to struggle more than others. Well, based on their economic principles alone, where you can't sell your surplus. I mean, I'm a free market. I will no longer, like, I encourage my ANCAP friends to really acknowledge this. You can't, that word is lost. It's almost, it's almost like libertarian. Pete Raymond talked about this in his Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast, like where capitalist and uh, and libertarian are two words that are lost. Like we can't we can't recuperate them, we can't bring them back because they're owned by a certain group of people that really aren't what is supposed to describe those things. So like a certain connotation. Correct. Okay. Just like Marx invented, like he's the one who invented the word capitalist, capitalist class. Carl, you own it. I don't call myself, I would never call myself an ANCAP. Never. I'm a free market anarchist. Now that can either throw me into maybe the ANCAPs, maybe. Maybe the mutualists, because they're free market anarchists. Maybe the agorists, who are about the gray and black markets and depriving the state of of tax revenue by using gold and silver outside the tax bracket to pay for things. Like, for example, at a farmer's market on on a small scale. Okay. We can get into the different schools at some point. The point is, you folks, like, I have plenty of friends who are statists, especially in my graduate cohort, who really think they're going to make a difference. And I can't tell you enough about Emma Goldman and saying if voting made a difference, they make it illegal. It's 100% true. Not because I'm cynical. Like, cynicism is a very dangerous thing. I think Randy and I have enough experience of this with absurdism, nihilism, and uh, cynicism. The world is a very beautiful place. It's a very unique place. We're very we're, we're fortunate to be here and experience all of the up and ups and downs of existence. Even though sometimes it really does suck. Sometimes the downs make you appreciate the ups, though. That's a hey. Just like the restaurant situation, not being able to go fucking eat Chinese dinner at a and sit down restaurant where I don't have to wash dishes. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Or in a plastic container. Yeah, like, it really makes I already you miss think. it. Randy, it's been a, it's been a week. It's been and, literally one week. Yeah. And I'm sick of it. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for baseball season. <laughs> I can't. Good luck. Wait. Yeah, I know. It'll be next year. <laughs> It'll be next year I get to watch baseball. But these things, like, there are so many different things. I, I encourage the anarchist community and the libertarian community with the lowercase l. All of us, we have so much in common. And Vermin Supreme has done a great job to bring everybody inside the tent. Uh, I can't say enough nice things about him. He's a follow of my life. You follow me back. I'm I'm eternally grateful until he unfriends me on Twitter. <laughs> By the way, I got blocked twice on Twitter this week. I got blocked twice. By whom? Um, here's This is a great thing. So there's this Australian guy um, who said uh, that uh, people should be allowed to go into people's homes. Ugh. And uh, investigate what first. Okay, so here's the first one. Tulsi Gab, Sal Mayweather at Sally Mayweather, which you're a follow on Twitter. He said that Tulsi Gabbard is so anti-war that she endorsed Joe Biden. So I replied, you know, never understood why so many so-called anarchists and libertarians backed her. Now, I can't read you what the person who said because they blocked me. But they're like, what's so hard to understand? And I replied, she is now bending the knee and throwing her support to a warmongering pedophile. So perhaps the rest of her so-called positions are horseshit pandering like the rest of them. 
I was called, Randy, I was called an ass, an ass, and I was immediately blocked by this Twitter user, and I, I, I didn't know what I did wrong. Like, all I did was call your candidate out for being fucking phony. Being a goddamn creep. Jesus Christ. So that was block number one, and then I got blocked um, by this dude out there in, um, what the fuck was it? In Australia, his name is Steve Thompson, at Steve Thompson 49. It says, you are now blocked from following Steve Thompson 49. Good for you. Because he said, no, this is what pissed me off, Randy. I'm trying to go through the receipts here. And um, he said, uh, on fur- quote, on further investigation, I note that all, quote, rights of the individual replies, end quote, the aggression and death threats are coming from U.S. from the U.S. Fucking glad I wasn't born in that deranged country. So I replied, <laughs> I, I tweet quoted him or quote tweeted him. Glad you're not here as well, you authoritarian cunt. <laughs> I was immediately blocked. So I got blocked in uh, by two people in one day. Oh, I, I consider that was the term of endearment in Australia. Apparently, he's not one of the cool people. So. <laughs> Um, with that, it's, it's one o'clock in the morning. Holy I shit, am really? shit faced. I, yeah. I drank an entire bottle, well, almost an entire bottle of Southern comfort. Randy, why don't you give us some plugs here for yourself? Oh, fuck. Uh, well, Jameson for one, because that basically sponsored this entire episode for me. Awesome. Awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. I just had to set that bottle down without thinking too hard about it. Um, shit. I mean, I'd like to say, hey, thank you, Amazon, for delivering all of my boog shit to me without uh, questioning too much of it. The ice cream social. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're they're interchangeable, I guess. Um, because they said it was only going to be medical equipment and uh, yeah, that's right, essential, whatever. After a certain date. But, yeah. I mean, I guess all of this is essential, so take that as you will. I will. Um, yeah, and me too. I'll keep ordering shit gladly. I'll gladly support that business as long as they keep su- uh, supplying me with whatever I deem necessary to arm myself and uh, defend myself. Well done. Uh, oh, shit. Oh, Palmetto State Armory. Outstanding job, you guys. Uh, thank you for sending me bullets after I ordered them, uh, even though... There was a vast demand for certain types. Uh, you guys did a great job. Still doing a great job. Uh, I will forever recommend you. Uh, and, yeah, that's basically all I've got. I don't know what you have to recommend. Recommend. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank anybody who made it through the 3-hour 32 mark of this show. That's fair. Uh, appreciate you all. I'd like to uh, do a couple of shout-outs. First of all, to... My graduate cohort, um, I would like to say hi and thank you to little Paige, uh, Kayla, Elizabeth, Morgan, uh, Joe Daddy, Brosif, the sexy tree. I appreciate <laughs> all of you guys so very much. You're dragging me through the fucking shit that is um, one of our particular classes. You're wonderful people. I love you all very much. I'd like to thank you all. I'd like to thank an absentia, uh, Angel the Sound Girl, who is down for the count, not with the coronavirus. Down, but not out. Not out. She'll be back. Uh, we wish Much her nothing love. but the best. We love her. Uh, she's an integral part of the show. 
Um, I would also like to thank Amazon and the makers of Southern Comfort because I, Ugh. I, uh, was, I am absolutely fucking absolutely hammered. Um, it's produced by Sarzerac Company out of New Orleans, Louisiana. Wait, Bless the South. Did you just say Sars? <laughs> Oh, shit, did I? <laughs> Jesus Christ, look out. Um, I'd like to thank all the subscribers that uh, sign up for the show. Listen, uh, jokes aside, we really are on a movement here. I'd like to thank all the Twitter people, especially Sally Mayweather, Pete Raymond, uh, Randy Angel, all everybody who uh, who is out there promoting the message of individualism and liberty. Uh, this my world wouldn't be the same without you. I'm gonna keep calling you out every single time that we finish a show. You're wonderful people. Uh, our email is use guys in that. That's one word y o u s e g u y s and that one word at gmail.com. Our email, our that's our email and our um, Twitter. I'm hammered. <laughs> 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 our Twitter is at UseGuysPod. So is our Instagram. We are on the following platforms iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, and um, there's another one, Podbean. So that's our main page. Uh, this episode will be up here. We're going to kick off the record player here in a minute. And I'm going to get into some uh, a little bit of editing, what very little there is. So we'd like to thank you all for the support. We'd like to thank uh, my my uh, good friend, uh, f- uh, friend of the podcast, family of the podcast, Randy. Hey. Uh, and uh, Angel the Sound Girl, thank you very much. In absentia, this is Jay signing off. Thank you very much. Now, everybody, always remember, every single day you're alive is a good day for a revolution. So take care of yourselves and arm up and be safe and be healthy. We'll talk to you soon. Hell yeah, brother. All right. Bye for now.